from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 182, The Last Suck. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, little play, I promise it's a little play on the new announcement of the new Star Wars movie. It is not. I don't know. It's the last episode. Don't, <laughs> don't <the> hype. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Just to let everyone know, uh, there's a possibility, don't hold your breath again, but there's a possibility Robert's going to join us a little later. Uh, but for right now, John and I are going to be uh, manning everything uh, for this episode. And uh, so, John, it's it's been a while. Uh, obviously, we both survived the holidays, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Uh, how were the holidays for you overall? Uh, holidays were real good. Uh, got a chance to go home to Kentucky, visit family and friends there, and uh, nice, uh, a nice visit, nice break uh, from uh, work, and got back, and I have been on the road three weeks of the month so wow. far. Wow. So it has been a, a very uh, a very busy January, and uh, it's great to finally be able to connect and, and, and get back to recording because I've missed it. Yeah. I missed you. I miss, I miss Robert and Shannon, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was a, a really good holiday season. Uh, like I said, good, uh, a good break. We've already had some winter in Virginia, which is uh, quite a change. Eight inches of snow a couple weeks ago. And, wow. uh, yeah, so the, the, the fun just keeps coming. <laughs> we uh, we have not really received much here in Ohio, which is, I guess, a good thing. Uh, but it is on its way late. Like, today it was in, its, it was in like, the 50s outside, which is good. But tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 30s, and it's going to stay there. <laughs> so... Uh, I am expecting some snow coming uh, in, sadly, in the near future. But uh, uh, well, I am fortunate enough to be recording from Orlando this evening, where it was 76 today or 75, sunny, 
uh, not a cloud in the sky, just a, a gorgeous afternoon. And actually got to enjoy it a little bit and walk around and not just do work. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, so. <laughs> yeah, you suck. <laughs> Um, and that, my friends, is the last suck. <laughs> um, no, so uh, before we kind of start talking about everything, I, I a couple things uh, wanted to uh, get your opinions on. One is uh, related to the, the show title is we did get an announcement of the new Star Wars movies uh, official title, which is going to be called The Last Jedi. Um and everyone, of course, is losing their mind trying to figure out what it means or what's going on and everything else. I don't know, John, if you have any thoughts at all as to what it could mean or, or what we might be seeing. I just figure I'd pick your brain a little bit on it. You know, I, I don't. I do like the meme that's out there now putting The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi yes. together. It's really funny. Some kudos to whoever thought that up. I thought that's clever, um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- does that mean Luke? Does that mean Ray? I don't know. You know, we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll figure it out as it goes along. But now that they've published it, they certainly can't change it. It's not like a revenge situation where they're going right. to pull stuff and start it. But uh, uh, I, I don't. I, I haven't thought too much about it other than when I saw the two titles connected. I thought that was really, really funny. Right. And I even said to someone, it's like, who knows? Maybe they're supposed to be connected. You just never know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works a little too well with each other, so uh, it may be on the nose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, anyone familiar with the expanded universe or the old expanded universe uh, that's known as the Legends universe at this point, uh, there was a book, uh, a Del Rey book, that was called The Last Jedi. So it's a, it's not a title that we're unfamiliar with. Uh, those are deep into Star Wars lore. Um, I love the, there's also a meme out there that shows the crawl where it just says, uh, episode, uh, eight, the fourth, uh, the last Jedi. And it says, please don't kill Luke. Please don't kill Luke. Please don't kill Luke. Please don't kill Luke. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what it's going to mean. I don't know if it means that Ray will be the last Jedi. I don't know if they're referring to Luke as being the last Jedi. Um, I even thought, I was talking to someone the other day at work, and I said, it could even just be kind of like what they did with Rogue One. It could be almost a line in the movie where maybe Snoke says something like, we need to make sure that, referring to Rey, we need to make sure that she is the last Jedi, or that Luke is the last Jedi. Like, that they're going to be plotting something to make sure that there are no more after them. Um, Because Jedi can also mean plural. It's not just... um, a singular thing. That's something else to keep in mind. We're not, you know, when we say Jedi, the last Jedi, it could mean both Luke and Ray. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know where it's going. Like I said, I, it very well could just be that, you know, they're, the bad guys are basically plotting to try to make sure that they are the last Jedi. Keeping in mind, this is the second movie of this new trilogy. So it's probably going to be a darker movie. It's going to probably have a darker ending. So, the last Jedi being the name is a bit more ominous sounding. So, um, so we'll see what it is. I don't know. Um, but it's fun to kind of speculate with just a title, which is of course what everyone does. And then, uh, they're going, and then I'm sure the next thing we'll probably see is uh, probably a movie poster, uh, might be the next thing we see followed quickly by a teaser trailer although i think last time for the force awakens i think we got a teaser trailer first 
before we saw a movie poster. So, um, so it'll just be interesting to see what comes next. Uh, obviously, with it being 2017, it's coming out in 2017. There's going to be stuff coming out probably in the near future. So, um, but since I mentioned Rogue One, <laughs> uh, John, I know you've had a chance to see it, and you've not had a chance to to voice your thoughts about the movie on the show. So, uh, the floor is yours, sir. I appreciate that, and yes, I was uh, I was out of town celebrating christmas with the family when you guys were able to record i think grub was standing outside my window at home somebody was standing outside the window i can't remember but um i think it came up but uh maybe it was maybe it was uncle teabag i think it was grub uh okay well regardless they i think well i know i know he knows where i live but uh so we saw rogue one the weekend it came out i want to say it was probably on saturday afternoon and uh uh, there won't be any uh, shock, or well, no, I shouldn't say shock. There won't be any uh, Up, buzz or uprising. disdain or anything. <laughs> or this one, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much more than the last one. Personally, uh, I thought it took big, big brass balls to do what they did to kill everybody. Yeah, I agree. It, it's the only thing that made sense, but it took major stones oh yeah and kudos to disney for letting them do it yeah um i i just i i loved how they fixed the whole idea of the 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 weakness in the death star and that it sounds so silly that a little shaft you know that you could drop a bomb in it and blow the whole thing up but to take that take that uh issue that's been there for 35 years and make it a compelling story that hey this guy put it in there because he realized he created this evil thing, couldn't do anything to stop it, but knew if he built this little device into it or this little issue into it that he could fix it. Right. That was great. Yeah. I was really I, – I, I, all around it was great. I'm not even going to begin to start on Donnie Yen. <laughs> he was fantastic. Yeah, he was. My favorite part of the movie. Um, and, and for those of you who may have seen it on Facebook, Ryan was kind enough to send me the cheer at M-Way pop. Uh, which is the only pop I own. It's the only pop I plan on getting into, but it was uh, it was nice to to have on <laughs> on the shelf. Um, the the uh, it, it, two things. I, the, first, the the music was an issue for me, but I also recognized that the poor guy writing uh, Giacchino uh, only had a month or so to write. Yeah. The first uh, composer had another gig and he left. So he was chasing the dragon. It was it was really, but that, that to me it was just kind of unsettling that it started one way and it felt like the longer we went, we got more and more of the Williams theme. So that was a little, that that just didn't do much for me, you know, yeah. in the bigger picture. The the other interesting thing, and it didn't come up, I don't believe, when you guys talked about it. Okay. And it's not it's not a an issue with the movie or a thing with the movie. It's more an observation. I went with. Uh, my wife, my boys, my younger boy Daniel is 13, the big Rush fan, as many of you know. Daniel and his buddies all went, they all were, they all met at the theater. We all saw it at the same time, but four or five of his friends from school all were there at the same time seeing it. The other kids, uh, the teenagers, don't have the same interest, engagement, I don't want to say love necessarily, but, you know, their parents aren't necessarily into Star Wars 
are into the same kind of things that I'm into. Sure. You know, my kids have grown up with the original trilogy, with the prequels. We watched Clone Wars religiously when they were younger. So they've grown up in that. And, and, you know, Daniel's room is a Clone Wars room when he was a kid, when he was, you know, seven, eight years old. We made his room Clone Wars. So those kids really grew up with Star Wars and, and a love for Star Wars. The general opinion of the teenagers that we saw that were there was was rather dismissive okay it, it there's like it was okay and i think that's it's a little unsettling not for you and me sure but for the the longer the bigger picture for disney for lucasfilm for for the creators in that that audience they're going after as i've said before we are not the audience anymore right you know the audience is that 10 to 25 30 somewhere in there the, 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 where the, the dollars are, right? Yeah. But those kids, and you know this, Ryan, you and I grew up with, uh, we grew up with Star Wars. We grew up with comic book movies that, let's face it, Shannon may think they're the greatest, but they're just not technically that great, right? Right. right. But these kids have seen so much now when it comes to the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe and the the spectacle that that and, and, the, and the CG and all the things that are available – they're going to have to figure out a way to engage them because, again, while it's a small population, that population, which includes my kids, mm-hmm. that's the target. Yeah. And they just thought it was okay. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't. And again, that's a that's a a bigger. It's not. I don't want to say it's an issue, but it is something they're going to have to consider because I, I just thought it was very interesting. We walked away. Heidi and I just loved it. I thought it was great. Heidi thought it was great. The, my boys really enjoyed it. The other guys were like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. Part of that's being a teenager. You and I were there once. Sure. We know, I hardly remember it, but I know we were ambivalent about a lot of stuff. But um, I will be very, very curious to see how these next few movies mm-hmm. play with that audience. Yeah. Because that's where, the, that's where the money is, and that's who you've got to engage now so that when they're our age, they're talking about, these movies, right. and I, I guess I kind of see it almost like you and I have grown up with James Bond, for example. Sure, you know James Bond movies have been around since since what the '60s. It's that same idea. So if my kids are 13 and 16 now, they and they had those movies. They had you know the prequels were came out right before. Well, you know one of them was a little little child when the first prequel when uh, Episode Three came out. But think about it, they've grown up with that. So think about it. Even if even if we make a movie every year for the next however many years. 25 years from now, they could have 25 Star Wars movies. Yeah. And it'll be like James Bond for them because we have however many James Bond movies. It's a, it, it was, it was, I, again, probably beating a horse here. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very good. It, 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 it I thought it took a lot of stones to do what they did. I'm glad they did it. I enjoyed it. I will be very curious to see what they do going forward to try and engage an audience that is younger and maybe a little more ambivalent or has seen so much stuff yeah. that it's it's harder to engage them. Yeah. Now, I, and I will say, and I think when we recorded that, I had not seen it a second time. I had only seen it once, and I was going to be going to see it with my uh, nephews. Um, now, obviously, uh, to your point, my... My nephews have all grown up watching Star Wars because they have me as an uncle. Uh, so, um, but in, in all reality, I'm not. I 
they live out of, you know, most of them live out of state. And so I don't get to see them very often. So I'm actually not as much of an influence when it comes to that as I would like to be, actually. Um, sure. But uh, their parents certainly have influenced them. Uh, and I thought I was going to be taking my seven and nine year old nephews, and I went with them plus their parents plus some of my other nephews and one of my nieces. So there was actually a big group when we went. And my one nephew who came, he's in college. Um, he's actually about to graduate. Uh, and then my niece, she's in high school right now, about to go to college. Um, and then I have some other high schoolers that came with us also. Um, and then my one other nephew, he's graduated from college, and which makes me feel extremely old. Um, <laughs> well, especially because when I met him, he was five. So... <laughs> um, so it was a good range because I had seven and nine year olds and I had teenagers and then I had college kids and then I had other adults there with me too. And across the board, everyone enjoyed it. Now my niece did not, who does not know a whole lot about star Wars. She's seen, she saw the force awakens and liked it. And that's the only star Wars movie she's seen. Um, mm. she really okay. enjoyed it, but she obviously had a lot of questions. Um, sure. which I was more than happy to answer all of them. <laughs> um, and I gave her some guidance as far as what movies to watch and how to watch them and everything else. And, of course, after seeing Rogue One, I told her, you need to watch A New Hope because it literally leads right into it. So, um, and, uh, so it was really cool. My one nephew was quiet and he's more of a he's more introspective uh he's nine years old he's a bit more introspective and i saw his dad talking to him afterwards and i don't know like how he felt about the movie now the seven-year-old was ecstatic uh he is about the age i was when return of the jedi came out and it's well known on the show that return of the jedi is my favorite star wars movie it's my favorite movie in general, but it's my favorite Star Wars movie by far. I was seven, almost eight years old when I saw it. He's seven, almost eight years old, and he saw Rogue One, and his statement was very emphatically, the best Star Wars movie ever, and I've seen them all. <laughs> and, and see, that's it. That's interesting. I was going to ask you about that, because we, um, we had talked initially about seeing it possibly a second time with my six-year-old nephew who has seen Force Awakens. Uh -huh. It's the only Star Wars movie he's seen. Yeah. We did not think he would do well in it. We figured he'd be bored. Gotcha. Because that first half is kind of slow. Oh, yeah, it's slow, right? yeah. It's building a story, but for a child, yeah. it we thought, and, and you know, I talked to his dad, and I talked to my sister, and I said, hey, I don't think he would really get a kick out of this. Force Awakens has much more. I, you know, the second half is great, but I think he'd have so many questions because he's not seen any of the other ones. Sure. But if your nephew has seen them, then he at least has a little bit of frame of reference right, to it. Right. So, and, and it's very, it's great to hear that they, a widespread demographic that enjoyed it. Again, I, I guess it's, you know, and to your point, you know, if you grow up with it is one thing, and it's as I, I, I struggle with not knowing. When Grub first told me that Liz had never seen Star Wars, it blew me away. Yeah, years like years ago, she had never seen Star Wars. Being with 
grub. I don't know how it's fe- how it's possible, but uh, well, know, I can uh, I can attest now, to it because well, my wife has only seen the first Star Wars movie. Um, oh wow! So when we were dating, she said to me, she goes, "I want you know would." you know, basically knowing the answer, you know, would you want to watch Star Wars with me? She goes, I feel like this movie is so important to you that I should at least see one of the movies. So I had her watch A New Hope. I had her watch the special edition because I thought it would capture, you know, her attention a little bit more because of more that they did with it. Uh, because to your point with Rogue One, A New Hope is also very slow to start. Uh, and it's a very s- slower movie at the beginning. Um, and uh, I don't feel it's as slow anymore now after seeing Rogue One because it puts a little different perspective on it. But she watched right. that, and after it was over, I asked her what she thought, and she goes, I liked it. And it was the, I liked the movie, and she was being totally honest that she liked it, but it was that, I like it, but I don't need to see any more of them. Um, so it's just not her thing. So Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I, my, my wife and I were dating when the special editions came out. I think we saw all of them in the theater together. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and she said, because originally we talked about, oh, we'll make it a boys' night out to, or boys' day out to go see Rogue One. She's like, no, no, I want to see it too. So, again, we saw it and enjoyed it, okay. but it was, uh, it, it, it really, it was, it was enjoyable. I, I was very pleased. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I'm not going to have to have some kind of uh, <laughs> session about, about my feelings over it because it were, we, I was very pleased. I will be very curious. I have not had a chance to talk to Shannon much about it. I am curious to hear what he has to say, but I, you know, it was uh, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed the episode where you guys talked through it, and yeah, uh, and it was uh, it, it was it's nice that it, it it's nice that it was so positive, all kind of bittersweet with everything that went on with Carrie Fisher's right afterwards. Sure, uh, very you know, just a wow, what what a bizarre timing, yeah. but um, but it was no, it was it was good. Yeah, and I, and it actually does make me, especially like, like I said, seeing it through the eyes of some of my family members, it does make me hopeful for some of these individual movies now. Um, uh, you know, we're going to get the Han Solo movie. And- yeah, I, I don't look. I don't know who the kid is playing Han, but I love Donald Glover. Yeah, I mean, he was on Community, oh, yeah. and he's done other stuff. He's a he's a. I think he just won an, an Emmy for his new show on FX. Yeah. But the fact that Kasdan is writing that movie with his son, yes, and it's a caper movie. It's going to be a heist movie. Yeah. I, it, and it's the it's Lord Miller who those guys make stuff that should not work. Right. The Lego movie should have never been any fun, right. but it's tremendous. Yeah. It was tremendous. Yeah. Like I remember we saw it. I was blown away how much fun that was. Those guys have and they've done a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I, Knowing that they're involved, that the Kasdans are involved, that Donald Glover is involved, I- I'm in. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and the guy and the guy that they got the guy that they got to play Han Solo, I don't know much about him either. I do think he looks the part. I think he, you know, yeah. I think he he definitely has, looks the part. When I heard Donald Glover was cast as the young Lando, I was like, oh my god, perfect! Like I really do think yeah. he's perfect for that part. Uh, and if all you've seen him in is community and you're like, I don't see that character being Lando, that's fine. He's been in other things that I've seen him in. He can play a serious part role too. So I almost see him playing, like I saw uh, The Martian and he's in The Martian uh, and a phenomenal movie, by the way. Um, and he plays a very serious role there. You take the 
part he played in The Martian and the character he played on Community and put them together, and I feel like you got Lando Calrissian. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so I, th- I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, now seeing Rogue One, I'm extremely hopeful for that movie now, and I think it it will be successful. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they'll at some point establish such a good reputation like the Marvel movies did that they will decide to be a little bit more daring and go outside the comfort zone of the original trilogy story, you know, era. Um, sure. I would love. Well, it, I, I think when they make, when they start making bank on all of them, yeah. similar to the Marvel movies, right? Like, you know, I think we all knew that Cap Thor, Iron Man were all going to be successful yeah. while I wanted to see Iron Man who knew that it would do as well as it did or die strange or, you know, I think once you, I think we've talked about it before. Once you kind of get that, if you just get Star Wars on the title yes. again, if enough people, and as that demographic changes, you can get that younger crowd to put in the nickels too. Yep. They'll put Star Wars on it, and it'll come out. And and I think it was Robert that talked about it, it was great to see somebody like a Forrest Whitaker, yes, Oscar or Oscar winner playing a part. Uh, I think you're only going to see more of that because I think those those people that have the that kind of credentials yeah. that want to make a big movie to be able to do all the little want to do at least they know when they do a movie like a star wars or something in the marvel universe yeah. they know it's probably quality behind it and it you know okay yeah i'm going to attach my name to it because there's something to be for it right well we're getting uh, benicio del toro coming in uh yeah. in a star wars movie so that's you know that yeah. right there a good quality actor too so absolutely um, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited for what the future holds. Uh, it's a great, it's an amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, so I could not be more excited. I have so many people at work that talk to me about Star Wars now. Uh, it's it's just awesome. Um, and you know, I've mentioned this many times. You know as well as I do. I have no problem being the guy that people think of when they hear Star Wars, the the word Star Wars. It, I will say it's very. You say that I have one. Uh one coworker that I talked to quite a bit about Star Wars, and he is of our age, mm-hmm. and uh, reads voraciously, has read all the Extended Universe books. Um, so I saw him after Christmas break come back and saw him, hey, you know, did you see Rogue One? He's like, yeah, yeah. So what'd you think? He goes, okay. Yeah. He goes, he, he's a big, he's really into the whole Jedi Sith thing. Gotcha. Like he, that whole dynamic. And so for him, he's like, that nah, was all right, but I really want that. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was really entertaining talking to him. He's like, it was just okay. I really like other stuff because I want to do this, that, and the other. Of course, he said he listened to our last, uh, he listened to our Force Awakens review. He asked me if I was on the Rogue One, and I said no. And he goes, well, I may not listen. I said, eh, you know, I hope you will. Yeah. But if you don't, I get it. So yeah. anyway, it's just kind of, yeah. <laughs> so kind of funny. He, he, he was all, there was no protagonist in it in other words he didn't see krennic as the gotcha as the major bad guy or you know there was no you know what i mean like yeah. the, the baddie was kind of hard to define of course he also didn't like civil war because he didn't feel there was a real baddie in that gotcha I'm like, well okay anyway yeah. i just thought it was kind of funny that yeah. you know talk <laughs> well different strokes are different folks so and i will say too uh just to throw in there real quick is that i uh since the last time we talked and everything else i did get to see dr strange i thought that was a phenomenal movie uh cool. very well done um 
and uh, could not have picked a better. Much like uh, Robert Downey Jr., who I think was the perfect pick for Iron Man, I think Benedict Cumberbatch was the perfect pick for Doctor Strange. Um, I heard a lot of grumblings before, like, oh, that's it, it's the obvious choice. I'm like, what is wrong with the obvious choice? <laughs> so, sure. Um, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Uh, it's you, If you haven't seen it, you need to def if you, and you do go see it you need to uh wait till both uh, till the very end of the credits there's two post credit scenes uh and both of them actually play a role into the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. both with Doctor Strange as well as the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe so um so I but I really I really enjoyed that a lot so I was happy I was to be able to see that um all right so uh we kind of wanted to touch a little bit about kind of things that happened last year for us, kind of like a year in review uh, of sorts. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the episodes that we had last year, uh, kind of kind of see what where the road took us up to up to now, and um, and then we might t- have some time to touch on some uh, some other news as well um, that came from last year, and uh, just kind of talk about some ideas and some thoughts and everything else. Uh, for those that don't know, it might be their first time listening to the episode. Uh, this is actually our, uh, we just celebrated our seventh year of doing the podcast. So, uh, no idea that it was going to go this long. Uh, <laughs> happy that it's still going on. Uh, happy that I've got people like yourself, John and Robert and Shannon and Travis and Grub and, and, uh, Nick and uh sam that came on recently and uh you know and obviously chuck who i started the show with you know so happy that you know people have jumped in to help continue the show help you know so i'm not just because i I honestly think that if it turned into where it was just me talking to a microphone eventually i probably would have dropped it uh i'm enjoying doing the solo stuff on the youtube thing but that's a different it's a different type of thing so it makes sense to do that there whereas a uh a podcast uh i don't mind doing the solo episodes every once in a while but if i didn't have someone to talk to it would be very weird um so well i first of all congratulations on seven years so well deserved and i uh i, I came up with the idea of doing this kind of year review i know i know we we have changed and the, the some of the things we've talked about have changed over the years, but I, I listen to the show a lot and that's not self-serving. It's not, uh, I like to hear myself speak. I go back and I, I listen to episodes even all the way back to the beginning. And I, you know, I kind of cue as I listen to current podcasts, I have a lot of windshield time with work. So I'll listen to my new stuff, but then I like to go back and, and listen to, to old episodes too. And just hear how things have changed or what, oh, you know, yeah. here to kind of pick up. But, you know, we did 23 episodes last year yeah. uh, in some way, shape or form, either just you or you and me, the whole gang with special guests, whoever it was. And so I thought it'd be fun just to kind of, you know, talk through that, those 23 and and again, kind of what's happened since, because some of the some of those folks uh, have had things come up, uh, big announcements that have happened for them yep. since or, or, you know, we uh, yeah, so it's that's kind of how how I came to when when I first approached you about it. I was like, hey, I thought it'd be fun to kind of go back and and talk through that through the year that was, yeah. knowing that we're we don't aren't doing some of the things that we used to do. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, well, I, I have the, the website up, and so to go back to the beginning of 2016, uh, I'm sure you, you probably know what the first episode was that we did in 2016. I do. <laughs> I do. It's the, I would say it's the most controversial episode in my time being part of Star Joe's. Uh, of at least the last several years, it was our Force Awakens review. Yes, yes. Uh, and and the perfect picture was used for that episode, which is you and Shannon looking at a Star Wars magazine, uh, Newsweek magazine, and just looking confused and not understanding what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, we had fun with that. I was up visiting, and uh, I had uh, my dad had sent me some Star Wars magazines for on a lark. I don't know yeah. Christmas. I don't remember what it was, and we were laughing i said we got to get a picture with this and mel was kind enough to take a picture and yeah that was a it kind of set the tone for that first part of the year you know we yeah. got a lot of feedback good bad and indifferent sure. for, for much of that start but uh I, I will say i was sorry i was not able to hang around for the entire show yeah uh and as i you know as i mentioned somewhere along the way i am going to get you shirts that say you need to read the book <laughs> Just because, <laughs> because I think it'd be funny. But no, it was a it was an interesting way to start the year. I almost sent Shannon a copy of the book for Rogue One just as a joke, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying, "Here, you might need this uh, when you see go see the movie." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and we and that's become kind of a running joke, especially between Shannon and I. He's he's mentioned it a few times in text messages and everything else. So. Uh, it's been it's been funny. Now the question I have for you, uh, it's obviously been a year since then. Have you watched the movie again? Have you uh, and at all? Or and if you have, have you do you have any different perspective than you did when you had your initial thoughts on it? Or I saw it one other time. I think we rented it on Redbox once. And as I said then. I don't hate anything. Sure. Star Wars. Let's just get that out there. Even the, the Christmas special, which for those of you who haven't seen it, go find the Goldberg's Christmas episode where they, or the Hanukkah episode where they watch the Christmas special. Yeah. That's phenomenal. But um, I don't hate anything. It was fine. Yeah. Not my thing. I, I saw it. I watched it again just to make see if I'd have any different opinion. Sure. I didn't. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I will say, being the, the no more feedback, no more emails, no more <laughs> nothing about it. It's been a year, people. Let's let's move on. Right. Let's be happy that Rogue One was as good as it was. Right. Well, I will say that um, the uh, as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, and, and like that we've established, I'm a pretty huge Star Wars fan. Um, I do hate the the holiday special. <laughs> I, I judge all other cinema based against the holiday special. <laughs> so uh, I th- I think it's atrocious, uh, and uh, there's probably little nuggets here and there. It's one of those things. It is so bad that it's good, especially if you get other people to watch it with you, uh, which is uh, why it was fun for me to do that commentary episode with Chuck because he had never seen it and it was just fun to watch him be in torture and pain going through the episode going through that episode um but uh I obviously have, I have 
watched uh, Force Awakens a few more times. I have not watched it as much as I, you know, was hoping to. Um, I'm just in a, I'm in a different place in my life than I was, you know, when the original trilogy came out, where I, you know, I'd watch, you know, one of those every day. Um, so I don't have the Force Awakens lines memorized or anything like that, but I do still thoroughly enjoy it. I have no problem rewatching it anytime. Um, and I don't know, for me, I don't know which one I like more, if I like Rogue One more or The Force Awakens more. I feel like that's going to come out over time. Um, they're just very different mo- They're two very different movies for me. So Yes, they are. Absolutely. So, so that's what makes it so tough. And, I, and I'm glad they're different movies. I want them to be different movies because uh, they're dealing with different issues and different situations and everything else. So... Um, I mentioned it on the the Rogue One episode, like The Force Awakens for me, it's got the nostalgia of the original cast, it's got the Jedi stuff going on, which I love, uh, it's got all that stuff going on where Rogue One's got the, the gritty military, and, it's, and it shows aspects of the Rebellion and the Empire that you it doesn't make it so black and white like it was in the original trilogy. Um, you know, when you have a char- character like Cassian Andor shoot a fellow... <laughs> person that's giving him information in the back just so he can escape you know you you're seeing that there isn't uh it is the rebellion isn't so squeaky clean good guys uh at that point so uh one thing i do want to mention too just because it's something i I saw recently um i got caught up on uh the show rebels and there's a two-part episode that actually has saw guerrera in it uh, which it was really cool. And I don't know if they got Forrest Whitaker to do the voice or not, but the voice sounded similar to him. I don't think it was him, but it sounded similar to him. And that story takes place uh, well before Rogue One does, and uh, but not too, probably not too long. So he does look a little, he looks a little younger and everything else. But um, I thought that was really cool to bring that character into more, you know, kind of develop him a little more. And you do see him being more of that extreme character in the Rebel show. So, um, and you understand why and everything else. So it's, it's really cool. Um, so after that, <laughs> that controversial episode, we did do uh, a previews episode. Uh, I think the one thing that came out of that and John, if you had listened to it and, and if there's anything else, I'm, I think that's the episode where I first announced that I was looking to try to, uh, that I was going to be looking to do a YouTube channel. Um, uh, I have that and the Al Williamson Empire Strikes Back artist edition were the two highlights of that episode. Yes. <laughs> and I am looking and at sadly, that. I don't think Shannon still has that book. And, so. and I am looking at that right now in in my room. It's it's oh yes, son of a bitch. It's like five feet from me right now. So <laughs> it is a massive book and it is beautiful and I absolutely adore having that. So, um, but uh, but yeah, and it, who well. Who knew that when I announced, oh, we're gonna do, a, I'm gonna do a YouTube channel, that it was gonna be like eight months later before I finally was able to release anything. Uh, <laughs> there was just so much more to do before I was finally able to do that. But uh, obviously, it's out there. Uh, I'm trying to get out episodes as fast as I can. And uh, but yeah, the uh, that Al Williamson artist edition is is a gorgeous piece of work, and I'm I'm very happy to have that it's i don't have a lot of the artist editions but that was one obviously i had to have so um after that we did uh we did uh my micronauts episode 
uh, which is that's probably the last one we've done, hasn't it been? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. But I will say, and I mentioned to you, I think in a PM along the way or somewhere, uh, over Christmas I went to a, a, a show, a little hotel show, where they had a lot of uh, 50 cent and dollar books, and I picked up the first three issues of the IDW Micronauts run. Yes. And it was fun. I really enjoyed what I read. I would actually I tweeted Colin Bunn and told him how much I enjoyed it. Uh, I think he's another one that we should uh, – uh, talk to you about the show, sure. you know, for 2017, and but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the story and uh, enjoyed the art. I thought it was it was very good. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I am. I'm happy with what where what they're doing with it. I think it's just like you said, John. It's just fun. It's not um, you're not you're not going to be reading Shakespeare. You're not going to be blown away by it or anything like that. But you really weren't blown away by the original Micronaut series. It was just a fun adventure, and that's what I feel like this one's doing, too. It's just kind of a fun adventure. Um, I did see the annual, as of the recording of of this, uh, it's uh, Wednesday the 25th uh, of January, and the annual for Micronauts by IDW came out today, and the cover of it uh, I absolutely adore because the cover of it is an homage to the giant size X-Men cover, uh, where, oh, wow. yeah. Cool. So you have all the, you have these characters all busting out with the, uh, of the cover with, you know, uh, silhouettes of other characters behind them and everything else. So it's, it's really cool. So nice. Yeah. Um, then, uh, another infamous episode, uh, we did, uh, which is the Robert T. Classified episode. Um, which I think overall we were probably pretty gentle on him. <laughs> uh, well, we were, and that was that was also in that era where we were trying Blab, uh, yes. rest in peace, rest in peace, Blab. Uh, that <laughs> that technology is no longer with us, right. uh, so we have made it longer than Blab. Uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, that one was uh, was difficult for me, as many remember. I could not hear uh, probably half the episode. I had to to his credit. Uh, Ryan had to be the uh, intermediary because I couldn't hear Robert. Right. And so it was. Um, and I think in the episode, no, a little confounding. And I think there was a Star Wars question, and I was frustrated because I just couldn't hear where the crap. But yeah, I think in the episode, fun. it was never even revealed uh, that you couldn't hear. I think it wasn't until the next episode that we revealed that I, you I weren't able to right. hear. I think. I think you're right, yeah. but yeah, it was uh, a little confounding, but uh, but we muddled through, and I think people had some fun questions, and yep. look forward to some more declassifieds this year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Shannon definitely has one coming. Uh, John, you have one coming. <laughs> I certainly have one coming, uh, and uh, I don't think we're done with Robert either, because I know I want to do. It. Robert and I have talked about it already. We want to do an episode where it's like. Robert, myself, and our two sisters, and uh, I think that could be uh, dangerous and interesting at the same time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I know my sister is definitely up for it. All I have to do is mention it to her, and she would jump at the chance. So, um, then, uh, then we we trudged into uh, more movie reviews. We did 1984 movies from 1984, um, which. Uh, I don't think there was any surprise with my list, but uh, 
But uh, those movie episodes are always fun. Uh, we're obviously going to continue them this year. Uh, we might, who knows, we might get through the rest of the 80s this year. I just don't know what's on the agenda for us with those. But uh, I know I definitely want to do kind of like what we did, John, with uh, with Greg, where if we can bring on a guest uh, and do like sure. a little little mini interview with them and introduce everyone to somebody, but then have them stick around to do like uh, a movie episode like that. Top five. Uh, I think that sure. would be a lot of fun. So, well, I, I will say why, well, you know, those that know me, it was no big surprise with mine, but, uh, my favorite movie of 84, uh, Buckaroo Banzai Interesting, in 2016, there was a, a lot of scuttlebutt about Kevin Smith doing a TV series based on the property, yep. and they were going to do it, and then he found out that the director uh, and and writer were of the movie were not, he had not signed off on it, didn't bless it, and he basically came back and said, I'm not doing it if they're not doing it. Or they're not if they won't give me blessing, I'm I'm walking away, and he did. Yeah. So kudos to Kevin Smith. He, he put out, he didn't he was not stoned enough to realize that you know this was a problem, <laughs> and because uh, he kind of makes me tired these days sometimes with some of his shenanigans. Yeah. But uh, but I, I'm glad that they are letting that sit. That that is a that is a, a movie that just needs to be, and I don't need to have any. I don't want any more. I don't need any more. <laughs> just let it be. Let it be the beauty that it is, and so. Now let me ask you when it when it comes to that, if they were to do, I'm going to give you both, and, and maybe the answer is the same for both of them. If they were to do a complete reboot of it, or if they were to do a continuation in that world, uh, would you be interested in either of those happening? I if it was a continuation in the world, it would be difficult. Only because of the age of everybody involved. I mean, Peter Weller is got to be in his sixties, mm-hmm. not close to seventy. And you know, do I need a reboot? No, I, I don't. That that it, it's such a quirky film. It was of its time. It's it's tremendous. You went back and I think if I recall correctly, you went back and watched it oh, because yeah. I wanted so much. It's just a great movie. Yeah, it doesn't need it. You know, it's it's. Uh, I, if they if they did something with it again when they talked about this Kevin Smith show I'm like nah not involved I'm not interested at all it it would have to be the original people and it would have to be a very very it'd have to be a hell of a story for me to want to want to see it I really would I, I just I, but I'm glad that I'm glad that he had enough wherewithal to say I love this thing so much that if the people that created it aren't down with me doing it I ain't doing it yeah. That speaks volumes to his character to me. Absolutely, he's he's somebody that has kind of lost some luster over the years because I, I think he's I think he's more involved. I think he's more interested in cannabinoids than he is in anything else. But uh, <laughs> he's he's very hit or miss for me as as well. Like there's times where I think he's brilliant. Again, it's, it's you know his my tastes have changed and his tastes apparently have changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I appreciate you putting my putting the theme under when I talked about it because that <laughs> segment still is one of the best closing segments of any movie ever. <laughs> I was uh, 
that obviously was uh, a little nod of, of love your direction by doing that. So, uh, cause I know you really had no idea that I was going to do that, but it was kind of the back of my mind the whole time. I was like, so, um, and then after, so after that episode, uh, I got to, one of the things with doing this show is I've gotten to do things and meet people and talk to people that, if you told me 10 years ago I'd have a chance to interview some of these people, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, and that happened, obviously, big time with episode 100 when I got to talk to Bill Ratner. Um, you know, <laughs> there's no way you could convince the little kid in me when I was a little kid that, hey, one day you're going to talk to Flint. And <laughs> um, right. that was just never going to happen. Um Mark Wade, uh, I ha we had the chance to interview him. We didn't have him on for we didn't have the opportunity to have him on for very long, um, but I would have taken five minutes with the guy uh, if that's all I could get. Um, he's a very uh, he's my favorite writer in all of comics. Um, I will pick up a title just because he's writing it, uh, even if I have no interest in the characters or no interest in in or no idea what the story could be about or anything like that. I will pick it up simply because he's writing it. Um, he, uh, he's extremely nice. It's always great when you get to meet the people, the people that you look up to creator wise and everything else. And they are, uh, good people and they're, and they're nice people and everything else. I, I've been blessed because that was how it was for me when I got to meet George Perez uh, Perez and uh, that's how it was when I got to meet Mark Wade and I really you know and you always think well maybe I'm just he's just gonna say oh yeah I'll do an interview and then you never hear from him but that wasn't the case when I reached out to him he bent over backwards to try to arrange something he had to reschedule a few times and he he was super apologetic and he finally just said you know what you tell me a date and I will be there <laughs> uh, and he, he was a man of his word so uh, I loved the fact that uh we had a chance to interview mark wade uh i would love to have him on the show again i think if i reached out to him he would be more than happy to come on again uh but to be able to talk to him about star wars and princess leia and to have him finally settle the score about chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> was fantastic the at this point, the only person that can tell me that Chewbacca is a sidekick is George Lucas himself. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, Mark Wade's opinion on it is gospel until I hear it from George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun 30 minutes with him. Uh, you know, I know we, I know I prepared more than anything else I've ever prepared for this show. Right. And I know you did too. Yep. And, and I mentioned it briefly, I, I think, later on, but, you know, Mark attended the Virginia Con in October, and uh, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was mind-blowing Thursday. So he came in on Thursday, and Thursday night, about 8.30, my phone rings, and I don't recognize the number. I pick it up, and he's like, hey, John, it's Mark Wade, and I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy, and he was calling me about his rental car and, and what have you for the show, but, um, he was so nice at the show. And of course I, I reminded him who I was and, and that we had talked to him earlier in the year and mm. talked a little bit about, you know, Virginia. And then what was really crazy is at one point I was sitting with friend of the show, Tom King, 
and he was looking through my G.I. Joe sketchbook, and Mark Wade's standing behind him looking at my G.I. Joe sketchbook. That's awesome. And, and we were talking about some of the things in it, and, and it was oh, it was so cool. I, I did not talk to him a lot more about the show. I, I you know, Hindsight being 2020, I would have pulled out the phone and asked him something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was he was so, he again, in the moment, super cool, has told us that, hey, I'll, I'll tell all my friends to come do this show because it was so much fun. I had a great time. You guys took really good ter- care of me. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was really, it was, a, it was a quite an honor. And again, I think the most I've prepared for anything since you, since you brought me on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, actually, it looks like uh, Robert might be able to join us. Okay. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? Good. Just to bring you up to speed, Robert, uh, we are doing a, a year in review of 2016, talking about some of the episodes we did in 2016. Uh, cool. John gave his opinion on Rogue One, and unlike The Force Awakens, he told he enjoyed Rogue One immensely. <laughs> It was totally just his man crush on Donnie Yen. Right. That's what pushed it over the edge. That was a big part of it, I'm not going to lie. And uh, so we we talked about that. We talked about, uh, we actually went through a few of the episodes already that we did in 2016, including Robert Declassified, which we said we were probably a little (laughs) bit easy on you in that episode. Uh, Yeah. I was really worried. I was worried going into it, but it wasn't too bad. Um, I did mention that, and I and I kind of want this. See if we can arrange this to happen this year. Is that I know you and I are. While it might be a little scary for us, we I still want to do that episode where uh, Elaine and my sister uh, Heather both come on with us and we do an episode with them. So. Um, <laughs> oh man! I, yeah, that sounds crazy. I think it'll be fun, but I think it's also a little dangerous. <laughs> So. Yeah, we could. Um, my sister, we could probably get her. She's starting up a new uh, kind of a thing. She's working with a company that's going to do. Well, I don't know how much I can talk about this. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think I could give just a very, very general concept is that they're going to be doing online virtual conventions. Oh, okay. Um, and and they're and I always kind of wondered like, well, how's that going to work? And nothing can really beat the in person experience. But um, they've figured out some really cool ways around that, and there's uh, it's really interesting. So I'll uh, I'm sure when they're getting closer to announcing all that kind of stuff, we could have her on. I'm yeah. sure she'd be happy to Absolutely. promote that, but then also just kind of hang out and talk. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. So, um, uh, we just talked about having uh, Mark Wade on uh, this past or last year, right? Uh, yeah, which was awesome. Uh, it was one of those things I, I mentioned uh, that. Uh, ten years ago, before doing the show, if you told me I'd have a chance to talk with some of these people, I would, I'd be like, "Yeah, there's no way." So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that was awesome. So, uh, the next episode that happened in 2016, and and basically what we're doing, Robert, is just anything that you have commentary on. It could be either things that have happened since that episode came out, or things that happened in that episode, or, or whatever. Um, feel right. free to jump in with anything, but. Uh, the next episode was the Save G.I. Joe episode, which is when we had uh, Gary and Mike from What's on Joe Mind on the episode. Um, and we did it. Yes. We saved it. Yes. They're, they're going to keep doing Joe Con, so 
Way to go, Ryan. You <laughs> had some stake in that. Right. I, I was, it was so funny going back and listening to that going, holy cow, it, it apparently it worked. Right. Because all of a sudden, Joe Kahn is back and all the people and players that, are, that were there are back with it. So yep. crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I Like you said, we probably had a very small part of that, but it's nice to be a part of that. <laughs> so... Um, it, nope, it, is also, it, was, it was all us. Right. That was it. <laughs> well, I, I'd also like to mention that 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 episode, when it came out, was when they announced the uh, GI Joe Artist Edition from IDW, yes. and uh, that has yet to see print. Yes, we still have not so, seen um, that yet. <laughs> IDW, if you're listening, where the hell is my Artist Edition? Because <laughs> that is the one I'm I'm willing to put fork out money for, and you still ain't delivered it. Yeah. So what up? <laughs> oh, and Robert, speaking of artist editions, one of the earlier episodes we talked about was uh, we talked about the Al Williamson Empire Strikes Back artist edition. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I told John is about five feet away from me right now. And uh, definitely a, a beautiful, beautiful book. So um, cannot recommend that one enough. But yes, the, the G.I. Joe one needs to come out. I don't know what happened, but it's. It, we're getting close to a year now <laughs> of when it was announced. It's getting close, and, and something that has changed on it, or at least, and maybe I don't take drugs, but maybe somebody slipped me one. <laughs> when it originally was announced, there was supposed to be an autograph page, or like a, 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 one of the front pages was supposed to be signed by multiple creators, including, including Larry Hama, yeah. and I believe Michael Golden, Mike Zek, uh, uh, Russ Heath and I think Steve Leola, yeah. I believe were the five that were listed. That 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 any reference to that is gone. Yeah. So mm. while I I I know I didn't dream it because I think I even mentioned it on that episode. You did, yeah. Apparently it it, 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 it <laughs> that all faded away, which is disappointing. Uh, and may, may there might have been one other because I want to I think there was one creator that was included that I have not met. Okay. And so I got all excited because I'm like, holy cow! There's somebody that I haven't met yet, hadn't gotten to, a, haven't been to a show where they've been. So there must have been, there may have been one other one. But anyway, I, any reference to that page being or that that book, including the signatures from all those creators, none of that's referenced anymore. So I'm curious mm. if that's still the case. Gotcha. No, I'm I'm pretty sure that's just the drugs talking. <laughs> well, so well, I. Maybe you slipped them when you were hanging outside my door. And hanging outside the window. <laughs> yeah, I, I shot a blow dart uh, tranquilizer full of opiates. Well, and speaking of all that speaking stuff. of drugs, that's also one of the episodes that John had one of his famous rants, uh, just oh. just going off on IDW GI Joe oh, and everything. Wasn't that the Larry Hemmama edition? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> so the uh the next episode uh it was the title was a personal favorite of mine uh it was titled star joe's a suck story and uh <laughs> and uh oh yeah and robert you don't know the episode the this episode's title but it's uh it's the last suck so, <laughs> oh, this one is. Uh, sorry i'm the one telling you robert <laughs> oh man so disappointing yeah uh, obviously, a play on the new title of the new Star Wars movie, which I don't know if you saw that or not. So I did, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, 
But, uh, yeah, that episode was, uh, we talked about uh, DC Rebirth and the Batman v Superman movie. And the new book, The Art of Atari book, was uh, solicited at oh, right. that time. So That's, That was my note on it, was Atari book. You got it, right, Ryan? I do have it, yes. I have looked at it in the store, and I'm just, I, I need to pick it up, because I've seen it a couple times. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Love that artwork. Love it. And I've got, I've actually have, have a few video game books uh, from last year that I, I definitely wanted to mention. Uh, one is, uh, the art of Atari was a gorgeous book, uh, and, uh, great details about the games and, and everything else, but mostly focusing on the art. Uh, I also got, there was a Kickstarter, which was, uh, Nintendo book and you can actually get it on Amazon now, but there was a Kickstarter where it lists every, NES game that was ever made in this book. Whoa. It is an wow. it's an enormous book. It is awesome. I think it sells for like sixty dollars or less on Amazon. Well worth the money. The thing is a tome. It's like so huge. And it's exactly what you would want. Every single game has an entry in there. You see a picture of what the cartridge looked like. You have screenshots from the actual video game. It's a, there's a summary of what the game was, when it came out. Uh, there's the person that did the book actually gives a review of each of the games. Um, he, you could tell it was a labor of love for this guy that put it together. Um, it, it's absolutely an amazing book. They also came out last year with uh, the a book very similar to that, which is a Super Nintendo book. Uh, or an N64 book, not Super Nintendo, N64 book, which has every N64 game in it and the history of that game system and everything else. And one of our uh, friends, Sam, was like, was it have like five games listed in it? And, and Travis and I pointed out to him that while the Nintendo 64 may have been short-lived, uh, it did have several games come out for it, and some of those games are some of the most iconic games uh, in video game history, uh, including one of the best first-person shooter games ever, which is GoldenEye, the James Bond GoldenEye. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, the one of, and arguably one of the best uh, nin, uh, Zelda games, uh, Ocarina of Time. It's not my personal favorite, but it's my second favorite. But there are people that see Ocarina of Time as being the best Legends and Zelda game ever. So. Um, so that book's out, and Travis and I have joked that now since the NES book is out and the N64 book is out, we need a Super Nintendo book to bridge the gap between the two systems. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and speaking yeah. of video game books and Zelda, have you seen that? Um, let's see, I've got it here, I think, somewhere. Yeah, let me pull it out. Um, there's like a Zelda-specific art book. Have you seen yes. that? Yes. It's, like, it's called the uh, High... High Hyrule Historia. Historia. Uh, yeah, Legend of Zelda, and it's like this. Dark Horse published it. Yes. And it's this. It's like this green, nice big coffee table book, and it just has all the characters and locations, and then it does a like a a walk through timeline of the various games, characters yeah. introduced, and how they're different from each other. But then there's just great like beautiful art concept art yep. and turnarounds of the characters and stuff it's a really good book and, and it's like surprisingly affordable and speaking of which did you know there's another one coming out oh i didn't know that yes no. there's another one for zelda for zelda for zelda 
Uh, it's it's also Dark Horse. It's going to be actually, I think, like a reddish-brown book. Uh, same mm-hmm. size and everything. And it is focused on the art of Zelda. Oh, very cool. So it's a nice companion to the book you're talking about uh, there. Yeah, so. I'm going to have to get that, yeah, too. Yeah, I'll let you know when it comes out. I have it pre-ordered, so. <laughs> cool. Yeah, definitely. Because this one, um, I do like this one, but my dog ate the corner of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Ugh. it drives me crazy. And I might, I don't know, I might, like, gift it to my brother and then get a new one that's not all eaten up. Nice, nice. <laughs> get, your brother get your hand-me-downs. <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's, like, the story of his life, yeah. <laughs> I will say, too, um... DC Rebirth, to me, has been extremely successful uh, as far as stories that it's telling. Um, I don't know sales-wise how it's doing, but I know uh, story-wise I am enjoying a lot of it. I will say now that we've, we're pretty well into uh, DC Rebirth, my I would say my top three titles out of it are Detective Comics, which is phenomenal. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern uh, Corps is amazing. And uh, Trinity, which is Batman, Superman, and one Roman book. Uh, that's done by Francis Manipole, and that is an awesome character book. The other thing I will say that just recently happened, and I was very... Uh, so I'll tell you one bad thing out of DC Rebirth and one really good thing out of DC Rebirth, and they're kind of both a uh, similar thing. Uh, do not waste your time with Night of the Monster Men. It's the Batman crossover story. I it was painful to get through. Uh, <laughs> it really was. the The art wasn't good. The story was horrible. Um, it was not written by Tom King, uh, so, which is why I'm glad to be able to say that because I was like I did not like it at all. It was atrocious. Um, one one of the worst Batman stories I've ever read. Quite honestly, wow. yeah, I, I hate Jeez. I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, and I was enjoying Batman before that story started and detective comics before that started. And I actually got behind on reading Batman and detective comics as much as I enjoyed it because I had to get through night of the monster men to read the other ones that came after it. And, uh, (laughs) it took me a long time to get through those, but now that I'm through it, I'm reading Batman and detective comics again and enjoying both of those. Uh, detective comics to me is just an amazing book that they're doing right now. Now the flip side of it, uh, another event that is actually just wrapping up right now is the Justice League versus Suicide Squad story. That story is amazing. Um, hmm. I am really enjoying it. Uh, you have Jason, uh, I believe it's Jason Fabox doing the art on the main book. Uh, yeah. And his art's incredible. Um, and the story is just well thought out. It focuses on... Uh, without giving too many spoilers away, but it, it basically focuses on uh, Amanda Waller putting together the first Suicide Squad team and then having to lock them all up, and then they kind of get out, and Maxwell Lord plays a role into it. Uh, and then you have a few other things that pop up in the story that uh, longtime DC fans are going to be really enjoy. So it it's actually a very well-crafted story, and the there's ties... To the main story in the in the Suicide book and uh, Suicide Squad book and the Justice League book. The Suicide Squad book focuses on that first team of Suicide Squad members, and the Justice League book kind of does some focus on 
the other characters that appear in the story. So they say Maxwell Lord appears in there. They're, the one Justice League issue that's a tie-in to the main story is called Maxwell Lord Rebirth. So it's it's a re it's the origin of Maxwell Lord. It's his story. So mm-hmm. um, so it, it's a very very good crossover event that I actually wasn't expecting to be that great just because it, it seemed like they were going for the, the cash grab of Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Um, right. But it's actually very well done and very well thought out. So, All right. Uh, Robert, have you had a chance at all to check out any of the Rebirth stuff? or? Um, I haven't. I, uh, like, I mean, I'm, I'm getting everything in trade, and I think I... Which, of course, you know, the first volume or two of, of those have started coming out. So yeah. I'll be getting those, and I'm just so behind on what I'm reading that I just haven't had a chance to look at it. But I got, you know, you gave me those recommendations, the same ones that you mentioned, and I'm definitely looking forward to jumping into those. Because I like the creative teams that are on yeah. them. And uh, and in general, I mean, those are characters I like. So yep. I <laughs> we basically like all the same thing. Right. So I'm sure I'll enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so the next episode we had was uh, it was the conversation with Brian Shearer, and uh, oh yeah, where, where the episode where you don't appear and, until the end. <laughs> oh, until the end, yes, until the end. But yet again, another another uh, more uh, uh, another blab <laughs> recording. Yes. Oh yeah, good, good. Not like we helped. <laughs> <laughs> A casualty of blab. Right. Yeah, that was a that was a nightmare recording one. <laughs> um, and actually, Brian, uh, I had reached out to him tonight. It was very last minute to ask him if he wanted to join us, and t- he wasn't able to tonight. But he said he really wants to come back on the show again because he had so much fun recording uh, with you guys. So um, he he says, "Yeah, please let me know in the future when you're going to record." And he says, "I would love to come on again." So. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's such a, f- a fun dude. Like, whenever we go to conventions together, like, we'll just stay all night. Just, I mean, he's just one of those guys you can sit back with and joke around, and we either have similar enough senses of humor or whatever, but it just, I just have the best time chatting with him. So yeah. uh, I, I love it when he can come on. He he definitely fits the chemistry of our show really well. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. I'm, I'm just glad I had the opportunity to ask uh, Shannon or Robert when I got to ask his, uh, firing range questions because that 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 made that episode for me <laughs> oh man oh my gosh i forgot about that <laughs> so, so awkward hey, he was like, he was very diplomatic i'll give him credit <laughs> <laughs> cool under fire right that guy um and then we did a episode with uh greg Schiegel, uh where we kind of did a little bit of a mini interview with him and then we went right into the top our top five favorite movies in 1985. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And like, like I said earlier in this episode, you know, if we could do more episodes like that where we bring a creator on, have the typical interview with them, but then have them on to actually join us for, like, a top five list or something like that. Uh, I, was, I was amazed. I, like, I went back and listened to this episode a couple times. I've known Greg for a while. I'm, he's a super fun guy. He was so much fun. Yeah, it's a game for the show. And talking about how he how he gave his GI Joe uh, figures powers or, or, or you know kind of shifted them into things. We were talking about Kyra had mentioned early on updates. Super excited for Greg. Uh, he talked about picks. You know the first picks book that he put out. Yeah. Um, he has been picked up by Image. Yes. 
And so, uh, picks, uh, the first volume of picks is coming out, I believe in, uh, in March. Yeah, I believe and so. And then second book, which he's calling too super for school is going to come out right around free comic book day in May. Yeah. So I am, I'm just super excited for Greg. Uh, I've had a chance to, you know, I had a chance to hang out with him when he came in for the, uh, Virginia con back in October. And he was actually putting all that together with image at the time. And, uh, yeah, that was just a super fun show. And again, I'm so happy for him. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that he will have an opportunity to, to, to get that, to get that book out even further. And as we talked about before, if you're not listening to cruising together, uh, check it out. His podcast, (laughs) we're going to talk about, but also he just put out another episode of, um, of uh, uh, his other show, Stuff Said, just put out one this past weekend with Chris Eliopoulos. Oh, nice. And it was a real nice change of pace for him because, similar to us, it's unscripted. Right. And it's just him and Chris talking for about two hours, and it's a great show. It, it was it was, it was was very, very well done. So check out Stuff Said. I, you know, I can't talk enough about how much I dig those guys and how much I enjoy being around them. Yeah, and I was actually and, uh, able to just. Uh, I have him on, and I hope to have him on later again this year. I was able to just recently recommend uh, cruising together to some people on Twitter who are big Tom Cruise fans. Uh, they mentioned something about loving Tom Cruise and checking out a podcast, and I said, "Well, if you're looking for a podcast about Tom Cruise, you need to check out Cruising Together." And I was able to uh, tag uh, Greg and Chris uh, Giarusso cool. in that, and uh, so that was really cool. And just like. Uh, what Robert was saying with Brian and or John, you may have been the one that said, like Greg also f- fit really well with us. Like uh, he just had a natural flow and was able to, and, and I'm sure it's because he's done podcasts and everything else himself, but he just knew when to jump in. He knew the right, he had perfect comedic timing with stuff. So it, it was awesome having him on. So um, the next episode we did was the hail suckers which uh, I know the uh, big thing with that one uh, that I still remember and look back on is the uh, the huge news of the huge outrage over Captain America saying Hail Hydra. And, and Ryan, whatever came of that? Because I, I never read that book, and that's what I had written down was the whole Cap Fury, yeah. you know, the, not Nick Fury, the Fury over Cap saying Hail Hydra. Yeah. I never heard another word. So, what happened? So here's the thing. Here, here's the amazing shocker thing when there's a big uproar about something that happened in the comic book. People read the next several issues and realized, holy crap, there's actually a good story here that they're trying to tell. Maybe I shouldn't have lost my shit over one episode, one issue. <laughs> um, <so laughs> shocker. <laughs> um yeah, it's actually been a really good story. I am a little bit behind on on the stories. I'm only I've only gotten into maybe uh, three or four issues of it. Uh, I'm just behind on my Marvel reading right now, so I do plan on getting caught up. They are going to be doing uh, a uh, an event coming up that I heard about uh, called uh, Secret Empire that supposedly has direct ties to that whole thing happening. Um, I know Marvel tomorrow. Uh, un- unfortunately, there hasn't. There's just been speculation out there, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but 
Marvel is actually going to be making, Marvel Entertainment's going to be making an announcement tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and no one knows what that announcement is. Now, people are thinking, well, maybe it has something to do with the next rollout of movies and everything else, but the thing is, that's Marvel Studios' Twitter. Marvel Entertainment Twitter typically is related to the comic books. So, people are like, okay, is this going to be announcing something about Secret Empire? Is this going to be, like, what is this going to be? Uh, They are just being very secretive. They're not revealing anything. They just tweeted out this image of Marvel's logo that said, uh, big announcement tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So what that is, no one seems to know. And they did it this morning, so it's not even like there's been days to speculate or to figure things out. I tried to, before we recorded tonight, I tried to look up, you know, Bleeding Cool, who always seems to know what's going on, or comic book resources. No one knows what's going on. No one knows what this announcement is. Um, but there's speculation. some speculation maybe has something to do with Secret Empire and the direction Marvel's going to be going in. So, um, So we'll see. But yeah, the, it just ended up being a good story. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> so, um, I personally loved all the memes that came out of it when it happened. Like, uh, I used the image of Darth, the one that they did of Darth Vader, where it says, I am not your father. Um, but there was also ones like John Cena, where it says, uh, you can see me. Uh <laughs> And uh, Deadpool saying, uh, I do not like chimichangas. Uh, <laughs> so things like that. <laughs> but uh, then after that, I did actually a couple uh, solo episodes. Because uh, none of you bastards would get together with me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you guys were all busy with like family. You yourself speak at least a little bit. You guys were all busy with like family and stuff. <laughs> No, I don't remember. I actually don't remember why I had to do the solo episodes. I, I know you guys had things going on, um, but I did the Marvel Cosmic Part Two, which was probably about three years after I did Part One, <laughs> uh, where I covered the Silver Surfer, Surfer episode of Annihilation, and then I jumped into the Midnight Suns, where I covered Ghost Rider Number One, which was the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider uh, uh, issue. I really do need to do more of those. Because I got a lot of good feedback on those episodes. Um, just stuff that people didn't know or people that really loved that time period. I didn't realize there were so many people like myself that got into Ghost Rider and stuff like that in the 90s like I did. But I guess it's no big surprise because he was in every book in the 90s. So Yeah. But. Like, uh, you know, every once in a while a character will just have a huge surge in, in popularity. And it's either because of the... You know, then Marvel has a new take on them, or it's a fresh kind of look at, uh, or, or it offers something different than what the other characters are kind of doing. Yeah. So um, it always kind of fluctuates who that is, and I think Ghost Rider definitely had a yep. quite a bit of influence in the '90s. Absolutely. Um, then we did a, another real animated hero episode, which was the the Sunbow cartoon. Uh, which we are sorely lagging on doing those episodes. <laughs> I know, and they're so much fun. They are. I just, I don't, it just takes a lot of preparation and getting everybody together at the same time. You know, it's, it's always tough, but, um, you know, add on to that. Hey, watch five cartoon episodes and take notes and right. come prepared is, is even harder. Yes. So. 
And that's the one where I disappeared for a while. Yes. I think I fell into the triangle. You fell asleep. <laughs> you fell asleep. <laughs> nope. That damn bazooka saw a sea serpent was so compelling, I had to wake up. <laughs> that that episode had so that that episode of the cartoon had so much potential and just ended up being so disappointing. <laughs> a bazooka sees a sea serpent should be that should be comedy gold. <laughs> um that's also the episode where i think john you uh did a, is that the one where you did a review of the uh, dead team the deadpool movie yeah that's right yeah yes yes which made uh, and i i'm not gonna say it's my top movie of 2016 but it's up there it was really really good yeah. um and then uh travis and i got together to do a previews episode um because uh, Marvel was doing Marvel Now uh, again. Um, <laughs> Is that was that the name of the event? <laughs> it, well, they just said Marvel Now, and it was like a crack crack. Marvel up. Now, yeah, it was exclamation like, point, right? Yeah, it was like Marvel Now with exclamation point, but the Now was kind of broken up and everything else. And I'm like, and everyone's <laughs> like, okay, how many times are we going to do Marvel Now? Like, it was just I don't get it. That's that's why I made when I finally did my YouTube video. Uh, I was like, and I was talking about revolution. I was like, uh, they're all starting with RE. We have DC doing rebirth. We have IDW doing, uh, revolution and we've got Marvel doing the rehash. Uh, because <laughs> I, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, I will say one of the things, uh, and I know Robert and I've kind of talked a little bit about this and, and everything. Uh, and it's something I'll probably talk with Travis about as well as, I do want to be bringing back doing the, the previous episodes, but it might be something separate from normal episodes. Uh, so I don't want to reveal too much until I kind of get some things in place. Um, but I want to get on a more of a regular schedule, but I don't want them using up episodes to do those episodes. It, it, I know it's a little cryptic, but it's, you know, we want to get some comic news out there for people. And we want to do some things that will expand the show and everything else, but we want to keep episodes like this for exactly this, talking about stuff, talking about stuff that's going on and everything else, and not just talking about the new titles that are coming out and everything else. So, um, Right. And then we had some, uh, let's see, the episode 174, Summertime Fun, and that's where, John, you and I talked about how to best prepare for conventions. I think we hit most of the big points. That was uh, a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, hopefully, uh, I think our listening audience is fairly savvy. Yeah. But uh, maybe we picked up a listener or two or somebody heard something. And if, hey, they understood a bar of soap is an incredibly important component of <laughs> preparing yourself to be out in public, then, hey, we did our job. <laughs> and, Robert, how how was, like, the rest of your convention season last year like did end of the year go pretty well for you or yeah i always um usually i finish up my year with the new york comic-con in october um because by then i'm i'm pretty burned out and sure i have a i have a lot of weekend responsibilities between coaching soccer and being involved at church as much as i am but um so whenever i do leave i have to like you know, get people to cover for this or that, you know, and, and it's always its own struggle. Right. 
on top of, you know, just uh, the whole uh, get, getting organized for a show. But um, so uh, this, you know, last year, I think I did seven, I think seven shows, seven or eight. And um, which I had, you know, in general, I've cut back. Um, I mean, there was like when I was doing G.I. Joe, I was doing maybe, you know, 12 to 14 appearances a year be- between uh, conventions or store signings, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I had just had to scale that back just because I was gone so much and, and you know, keep it on deadline and stuff. But um, so New York Comic Con went really well. It was a really good show. Um, I uh, I got to stay with um, Andy Schmidt, who I do comics experience with, the, the company that I teach online, you know, like instructional, like making comics online. And, um, and so he, we stayed with a friend of his in Queens and – uh, so that was awesome because it was free yeah. <laughs> and, uh, especially in New York. Uh, but then I got, so I got to meet this guy. His name is Skid, uh, Mar and he, he is one of the, um, players in this like Dungeons and Dragons Pathfinder podcast called the Glass Cannon podcast. And, and they've got a huge listenership. I mean, 20, 30,000, uh, you know, listeners, um, and it comes out weekly and is, an awesome like if anybody's even just remotely into D and you don't even have to be to listen to this podcast and it be entertaining it's just hilarious it's uh i mean the guy who who's the dungeon master the host of the show like he's a stand-up comedian by profession the other guys are writers either for television or actors or um just in general like have a good camaraderie so they're they're really funny they have a lot of good banter back and forth, but they really take the game seriously too, which is yeah. pretty compelling and fun. So, uh, I highly suggest that podcast. I didn't know anything about it before I went and stayed at this guy's place, uh, but but uh, since then I've listened to all the shows and kept in touch with them, and and I'm kind of working out a deal where I'm doing artwork with with them and the show, and um, and so that's ended up becoming a, a fun kind of friendship and acquaintance with those guys uh, that came out from the show totally unexpected. Cool. Um, but like I said, the show itself was was really successful, lots of fun. Um, I the this next year I'm doing like C two E two I do every year, uh, and then but I'm gonna not probably do anything in the rest of April or May because coming June uh, I'm gonna go out to uh, Massachusetts for the massive. It's called Massive Con, which is uh, my sister helps run. Right. Okay. And uh, so that's like in late June, and then there's like a two week gap, and then there's the New Jersey Comic Fest or the Garden State Comic Fest in New Jersey uh, that David O'Hare is a co-owner of or, or runs it, and uh, and he's like, uh, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure he listens to the show and that he's he's a big GI Joe fan, and I've kind of known him from that, and so he's bringing me out. So I'm going with my family. That we've never done anything like this, like. We're going to drive out to Massachusetts from Illinois. <laughs> so we're going to drive out there, do the massive show, and then stay like in the Cape Cod area for a week, and then head down to New Jersey and stay in New York for two or three days. Nice. And then do the do the New Jersey show. So it'll be a big two week long vacation bookended by two convention. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I would say that sounds like either it's going to be a blast or. Little scary, <laughs> just pure insanity. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, luckily my kids are old enough that they'll be, you know, at that point they'll be eleven and and eight, almost nine. So they're like old enough to, you know, they're not yeah too much of a handful. So, 
uh, and that I'm sure I'll be burned out for a little bit. And then uh, I'm not playing any other any other conventions until Baltimore and then New York again. So I'm I'm keeping it. I think so. I'm just going to do those. I guess five shows this year. So I'm gonna it'll be even less. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, but it should be nice. pretty fun shows. Nice. Okay, wait a minute. Did I hear you correctly in saying you're planning on Baltimore? Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I mean, we're planning on doing like episode 200 there. Right. Yeah. Well, we are, but I didn't know if you were, so that's why I'm <laughs> oh, <asking>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely planning on it. I need to, um, you know, do do whatever I need to to kind of secure a table. I've already talked. About sometimes he sets those up. For, sometimes I do it myself. So uh, I just know. Last time I went, I was in a really horrible location, and there was a. Uh, you know, like much better locations that were left empty by people who didn't show. Yeah. And that was kind of frustrating. Um, and that was like one of the few shows I've been to in the last 10 years where I didn't make my money back, you know, setting up. Like it cost me hundreds of dollars, you know, to set up and do that show. Yeah. So, which is, you know, I should just stay home and draw if I'm going to. Sure. Yep. <laughs> instead of lose money. So. Uh, it was great seeing everybody, but I mean that's definitely a factor when it comes into what shows I'm choosing sure. to do. So it was weird because I like I made I, I did really well the year before that at Baltimore, which I was like heck yeah I'll go again. Right. Tanked. So, well, but I heard from a lot of people it was a, a rough show. I yeah. Well, uh, we'll make sure that we drive traffic towards your table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I think. Um, I mean, in general, like uh, there'll be by that time there'll be a lot of stuff for me to promote because of what I'm working on in the spring, and then, um, you know, it'll it'll be worth it just to go and see everybody, even if you know. Yeah. So, so a lot of times that you, there's different reasons why different shows are worth it. Like yeah. certainly, as as far as a creator and setting up and all that. But, sure. Uh, I'm excited about it. Cool. Uh, well, well, we'll be excited to have you there again. So, uh, and yeah. and I'm already lighting a fire under Chuck's butt about it because he's already saying well uh, his girlfriend is uh, one of her family members something like that has a wedding that weekend or something like that and I was and she is telling him that it is okay if he goes to Baltimore con but he's the one going well yeah but and I'm like she is telling you <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Get your ass to Baltimore. <laughs> because it'll probably be the only time that all five of us would be together. Um, yeah. So so if I have to tie him up and kidnap him, I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're uh, like, Chuck, I don't care if your hair's ready or not. We're going. Right. Exactly. You're going in a car with a bunch of dudes. You don't have to worry about your hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of Baltimore, uh, the next episode that we did was the Baltimore episode, uh, which that was, in, in, per, from a personal standpoint, that was my favorite episode. Um, that was episode 175. And it's just because how many people were involved in that episode. Obviously that whole weekend was amazing to see everybody. Um, it was just an absolute blast. And, um, and by I mean, the way, you're not going to, you're not going to get any argument from me. I, I have 
listened to that episode at least a half dozen times, <laughs> if for nothing but the fact it became the rock show. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I love that oh my guy. Yeah. And he makes me cough because I have issues. But yeah, that it was so much fun. And I, I said it then, I'll say it again. That may be the most fun I ever had at a show, period. Just seeing my friends and, and you know, the... the the whole experience was so great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was rooming with uh, JP and Brian Lang and Jacob, and uh, we had just we had a ball. We had an absolute ball. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was it was so great. It was so great. So I I I'm glad we're targeting 200 at that show yeah. this year because yeah. it's uh, entirely appropriate. Yep. Yeah. And I uh, and and that's one of the things now that January is here. I want to map it out to know exactly how many episodes we have to do every month to get us there. Um, and by the way, Robert, I don't know if you remember seeing the image on the episode uh, or on the website or anything like that, uh, but uh, there was an image of a Star Joe's cover uh, done for us uh, by Mr. Brian Lang. Well, he had it done done for us. I have a copy of it for you. Uh, oh, okay. So we made sure he brought prints for all of us of it, and I brought a print home to, to make sure to get to your hands. So uh, I'll either get it in the mail to you, or it will be handed to you in person at Baltimore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either, either way is fine. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So, um, And then we did the Baltimore Comic Con recap after that. <laughs> Uh, which was just after we got back, uh, we were actually joined by you, Robert, and mm -hmm. uh, you talked about what you'd been up to during that time period, and then uh, we also talked about the movie Turbo Kid, John, and the net we did yes, and the uh, and that was in that episode and the Netflix series Stranger Things, so um, which I have not heard any news about the Turbo Kid sequel other than that when that teaser trailer no, came out. No, I haven't out. either. Yeah. No. So, uh, and then we did the episode with uh, Shannon, uh, and Travis joined us, and it was the We're Not at New York Comic Con episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert was at that one, and a lot of people we knew were at that one, and uh, and a lot of shows were doing episodes about being at New York Comic Con, so we're like, we're going to do the episode that we're not at New York Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we did talk about previews in that episode, which uh, one of the things that was in that previews was the He-Man and She-Ra Complete Guide to the Classic Animated Adventures. I don't know if you guys have seen some of these books that Dark Horse is putting out for He-Man, but they're... I've got a couple of them. I got the, the mini-comic yes. volume, and I got the Art of He-Man. Yes. I don't know if Dark Horse did that one. Yes. Did Dark Horse do the Art of He-Man? Yes, okay, they yeah. did. So those were the those were the two I got. Was there another one that was like an episode guide? So there's an episode guide one that takes oh. that basically takes. Uh, there was an unofficial guide that came out years ago, years ago done by James Etock. Uh, yeah, it was like a paperback edition. So that it's this one is also done by James Etock. It seems like it's basically taking a lot of what he had in that original book, adding in the Shira episodes which were not in that original book. And adding in a lot of animation pictures and concept art and uh, character uh, 
you know, profile things. I can't remember what they're called, like the, the cell sheets or whatever. Um, right. There's all that stuff added to it. So it's a it's a huge book. Um, it's awesomely done. And then the other thing that's coming out this year from uh, Dark Horse, and like I said, Dark Horse just keep, keeps putting out these He-Man books. Um, they're doing another hardcover book, just like these other ones that they've done. Uh, and it's going to be the character guide to He-Man and the Master oh, of Universe. man. Yes. That sounds awesome. I'm, t- I'm going to pick up both of those. That sounds so yes. good. Good, man. So from what I saw of the preview pages for the character guide, I don't know, Robert, if you remember, you remember MV Creations had He-Man for a little while. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, they tried to do an encyclopedia comic series for He-Man, and only one issue of it ever came out because then they... So it was, it was like a handbook? It was like a handbook, exactly. Yeah. So they did one issue, which I have that one issue, and they never released the rest of them because they stopped doing stuff with the license. Um, right. From what I saw of the preview pages for this hardcover book, it is what they were trying to do with that almost exactly, but now it's the entire collection of characters. Wow, man. So I am ecstatic about that. So does it? Have, so it's got like a write-up of, you know, the backstory yes. or not? Every character. Yep. Man, so. that's cool. Because like I've been picking up, you know, the all the 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 Masters of the Universe classics line that yeah. Mattel put out, yep. and they've got all those great kind of file cards on the back, just like GI Joe, yep. you know, had. Yep. Um, but I just didn't want to like cut them all out or keep them. Yeah. And so we've kind of just thrown away the packages as we opened them. And I was like, man, I would love to have some kind of collection of that information yeah. but so this sounds perfect that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what i was is, hoping to get yeah this is exactly what this is going to be it's like every character has like a page or multiple pages depending obviously the importance of the character um yeah it's going to and it's going to have it looks like it's going to have some very nice artwork in there uh of that character um and so lisa like i'm super excited that is coming out i think spring of this year um the He-Man and She-Ra complete guide is, uh, of the animated episodes is already out. Uh, I have it. It's okay. It's amazing. Uh, and here's the great thing about those Dark Horse He-Man books. Uh, something like you mentioned earlier, Robert, they are very affordable. <laughs> yeah, it's a, normally those books go for like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. But you can find them on Amazon or through in-stock trades or even if you've got just you know coupons or something. Like it's You can... Rarely do you have to pay cover price, and when you do, they're only thirty-five or thirty yeah. uh, for a hardcover, like huge, thick coffee table book yep. that you would expect to spend fifty bucks on. But like I said, you can easily find it on Amazon for typically almost half that. Yeah, you know, so so you're looking at like twenty-five dollars for this huge book, yeah. with tons of information. Yeah, and the the uh, the episode guide. So you have the art of He-Man uh, one, yeah. which is a nice big like. It's like I don't know, maybe. 12 by 14 or something like that. Yeah, it's a big, big book, and it's really like a couple inches thick, yeah, and it's big. That's the size of the dimensions of the the uh, episode guide. Oh, okay. But it's also obviously thicker. Uh, there's a lot yeah. more pages to it. So, um, cool. And, yeah, so it's really cool. Um, it's funny, it's, it's talking about the He-Man stuff, that just reminded me, last weekend... Mm-hmm. On Saturday, me and me and my wife went to a trivia night for that. My um, so I coach my son's soccer team. We're part of this local travel club, and so uh, 
they were doing a like a fundraiser trivia night for the club, mm-hmm. and we were there. And you know, they, if I don't know if you guys have done these like these trivia nights, they're a lot of fun. And typically, they'll have maybe ten rounds or something. And in the round is a theme, so you have like ten questions based on a theme. Yep. Everybody puts their answers down, turns them in, whatever. So uh, this theme was '80s cartoons, oh. and and I didn't know it, and so they don't like announce the theme, but I didn't know until we we're like two or three questions in. I was like, I have got this. <laughs> you're like, you're and, all like, done. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So our soccer team is called Jedi United. Nice. So we're like, we had to we had to like bring stuff to make our table a theme, and so I brought in. Like, you know, I brought in my X-Wing and my AT-AT Walker and my Millennium Falcon. So we have two tables between all the parents and the coaches. And I brought all my, like, Black Series figures and nice. comics and everything. So we we had these two awesome uh, Star Wars, you know, themed tables anyway. And then uh, when it came up, these questions, like, were so easy. Oh, yeah. It was like, what's the the alternate identity of, of uh, Prince Adam's? twin sister adora oh geez. right okay and i was like uh shira duh and like <laughs> nobody else knew and i was like what how do you guys you know like at least we- make it hard by saying what is shira's alternate identity <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i was like that like you made this question so so easy and then um man there was just some other just great ones that to me was was seriously like uh, just really so e- so easy and we were the only table to get 10 for 10, and nobody else got more than six of the questions wow. right. I was like, you guys are all losers. It reminded me of that Cheers episode where Cliff Clavin goes on Jeopardy, and like every category was like beer, postal service workers, U.S. <laughs> conspiracy theories. And he's like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I want to go to a trivia night that's all 80s cartoons yeah. and 80s property stuff. Like That would be the best. Yes. Man. Yep. Anyway, we should point out though the end the the end of that episode <laughs> is the greatest. It may be the greatest Cheers episode ever. He doesn't know the last question, so he answers, "Who are three people that have never been in my kitchen?" Because it was <laughs> like it was like Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis, or it was the real it was the actor's real names. Oh yeah, and yeah. he didn't know, and it was like, well, it, you know, unless you bid everything, you're going to be the biggest champion ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, two or three people have never been in my kitchen. This is the greatest. I remember that. Yes. Well, that's uh, Robert. We uh, I don't know if you've seen these on uh, YouTube, but they uh, it's from the React channel where uh, they have their staff members and they have to buzz in after one second of a song and identify the, oh, yeah. the song and the artist. And they did a all 80s one and and i'm just like eh, eh, eh. i'm like <laughs> and my wife is going like she's watching it with me and she goes and music is huge for me like music like i took a personality test thing recently and like shocker one of the big things that i have i'm passionate about is uh literary stuff so stories yeah. and everything else uh, I don't think that shocks anyone. <laughs> um, the other thing is music, and both are like 99 out of 100, which 99 is the highest you can get. So music is really huge for me. And uh, uh, so I'm hearing these things, and she's just like, my brain doesn't work that way. My brain cannot figure <laughs> out a song in one second of playing it. 
And I'm like, yeah, mine does evidently. <laughs> so, oh, and speaking of uh, music, I do have, uh, and it's kind of related to the 80s. Well, I guess it is really the 80s completely. Um, huge announcement is I'm going to go to the Billy Joel concert at Progressive Field. Um, oh, cool. He's doing a... What, what, what happened to the Bon Jovi concert? Oh, I'm going to that, too. <laughs> I'm going to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Yes. I got tickets for uh, Christmas from my in-laws uh, to go see Bon Jovi. Uh, and I've never seen Bon Jovi in concert, so that's one of those bucket list items that I'm checking off. And uh, I am ecstatic <laughs> about that. So I'm going to see my favorite band uh, this year. And I'm going to see my favorite music performer, which is Billy Joel. Uh, and I say it's related to the 80s because in the 80s, that was my first cassette was Innocent Man by Billy Joel. <laughs> um, but we got um, amazing seats. My wife and I, he does he rarely does stadium performances. And when he does, they're amazing. And he's never done one in Cleveland before. And I can't imagine he's ever going to do one again in Cleveland so it's a, one of those once-in-a-lifetime shows to go to. So we have on-the-field seats. Whoa. Yeah. Um, wow. And it's in July. I cannot wait. I am. We're going to go see Bon Jovi this year and Billy Joel this year. And I also got tickets from my parents for Christmas to go see Gabriel Iglesias, which is the uh, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy. Fluffy. Yes. <laughs> we're going to see him. Uh, he's coming to, uh, to I think, like the Palace Theater or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so I, I've got my year kind of lined up already with entertainment things. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, but yeah, any, any like, if I had the my wish of a trivia night, Robert, there would be, like, 80s music plus all these 80s cartoon oh, properties man. plus, you know. Yeah. Star Wars plus. <laughs> Dude, we should. Okay, so we. I mean, maybe we could, just, we could do this off air, but like, when we when we have our 200th episode, we've talked about possibly renting out some kind of a little room right. or a, like a ballroom at the hotel or something along those lines. Yep. Or even if we got like a, a, a decent sized suite. Yeah. Like we should do it. We should do a trivia night, a Star Joe's trivia sure. night. And we could come up with the questions, the answers, and host it. Yeah, and, that sounds awesome. Uh, that sounds awesome. I'll start working on it now. You know my brain's already thinking of stuff. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm just like, yeah! Like, anyway. So speak, that would be fun. speaking of awesome ideas, the next episode we did last year, was I actually thought it was a lot of fun. It was a fun experiment um, that I want us to do again. Uh, but it was the most powerful superheroes episode. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Where we got to rate them, yes. and, and there was actual numbers and that we had to crunch and all that. Yep. So I already have ideas for how we can do it with some of the Star Joe's properties. Yes, that would be fun. Um, the first one I think we can do, and I've actually wrote down ideas shortly after we did that episode. Uh, so I'm going to put them together, and I'll send it out to you guys and everything else. Um, but I think we can do it for G.I. Joe. Uh, I think it's kind of... The, the the categories I figured out I think are kind of realistic for GI Joe, so right because um, obviously you have to change some of the categories. Um, yeah, but uh, but I think it, it I'll what I'll do is I'll send you guys what the categories are, and then you can let me know if you think they'll work or if I need to, or if you have ideas or if you think I need to change something or whatever, and then and then all of us together will figure out what characters we should have to work with. 
So yeah. So is Break is Breaker dead in, in either the IDW or Marvel universe or whatever Joeverse we're in? Uh, don't remember if he is or not. If he is, I'm out because he's dead <laughs> in every other universe. <laughs> and we all know he's the greatest. And we also know that we also know that Robert will never do anything with Snake Eyes Boy George. So <laughs> we can't do anything with it. <laughs> Oh, um, but I, I think that could be pretty fun um, <laughs> to do something like that and have categories related to what would work for for categorizing GI Joe characters and everything else, like ranking them and everything in, in different yeah. categories. So, um, and and I think the way I was looking at some of the things I think could cause us to have a lot more fun debates and discussions than even the superhero one did. So, so I I. I when we did that episode, like I said, it was such a fun experiment. I was like, there has to be a way for us to do this with the stuff that we cover. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, maybe we could have a category for, um, you know, if, if a character has had a jump the shark moment in, <laughs> in Joe. And if that was the case, then Snake Eyes would definitely get points for his boy George dress up. <laughs> There you go. And uh, so you'd be getting points there, that's for sure. I know that I, I based some of the categories, unless I have to go back to my notes on it, I know I based some of the categories on things you would see on their file cards, such as like their primary specialty, like how would you right. rank their primary specialty like compared to other specialties out there, and even their secondary yeah. specialty. Um, so I think things like that could be very interesting with Joe, you know, to kind of develop and, and everything else. Um so yeah, I, I I think it'll be fun if we all work together and then all of us break apart once we come up with who should be on the list to work with and what categories yeah. there should be. Then we break away, do our ranking, and then come back together. Um, I think it, yeah, I, that sounds like fun. I think the listeners would have fun with it too. So, um, and then we uh, the next episode, John, we had uh, Chris G on Chris Giarusso. We did. Did you get your uh, Did you get your G-Man books? I did. Uh, well, not all of them. A couple of them are still waiting to be shipped to me, but I did receive Volume 2, and I think Volume 3 is coming. They had listed Volume 1 to come to me, but it hasn't arrived yet, so I don't know. I know he said that's the one that was short supply, so... Talk to him if you haven't gotten it. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> So I'm going to tell my music story then, if yeah, I may, absolutely. because we've talked about Billy Joel and we talked about Bon Jovi. So um, I am a huge Ben Folds fan. I have been for 20 years. He is my favorite artist out there. And I have a second generation fan now. And Jacob took him to see him, uh, see Ben back in the fall in Richmond at a show. And uh, so of course, we talked on that show that that uh, Chris had already done a, a Rush poster for Daniel. So I contacted him and I said, "Hey man, would you be interested in doing a Ben Folds piece for Jacob for Christmas?" And he's like, "Yeah, absolutely." So he did another killer piece uh, of Ben Folds for him. Well, I, after 20 years and after t- 10 plus shows uh, in April. At his show in Charlottesville, I have got a, <laughs> I've got a gold ticket as far as I'm concerned. Going to a master class and meet and greet session where I'm going to get a, to meet Ben Folds, to get a picture with uh-huh. him, 
I will probably weep openly because I'm man <laughs> enough to admit that I love this man. <laughs> He's one of the few. <laughs> I will probably cry, and that's quite all right because that's that's just how it goes. But I'm going to take this piece that Chris did, and I'm going to get him to sign it for Jacob while I'm there. So that that's the plan anyway. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was super stoked to have Chris on the show. I'm glad he 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 schooled me on Transformers because man, that guy is a Transformers fan <laughs> if there ever was one. And would love to have him back to talk more Transformers down the road. Um, but did a killer uh, did a killer piece for Jacob for uh, Christmas, and, and I, I, he was one of the first people I contacted when I got the uh, uh, was able to get hooked up to get the uh, masterclass ticket for to see Ben. I'm like, hey man. I'm going to take this piece. I'm going to get him to sign it for Jacob, and he was really excited about that. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was that was a that was a lot of fun too. And like I said, it w- it's great to have people on that have different interests and different loves. Oh yeah. Because let's face it, man, he school. I think he schooled us both on Transformers when it came to what he knew. Well, yeah, and I <laughs> and I am super cool. Yeah, I'm a huge Transformers fan, um, but he knows it at a, a level that, like, where I know Star Wars, he knows Transformers at that level. Um, I was able to keep up with him with most of it, <laughs> but there's definitely characters and things that go on that he knows well in depth, which is awesome. Uh, I did actually order from Acme Comics, after we did that episode, his cover to Transformers Titans Return, uh, and I had that show up, and that's a beautiful cover um, uh, that he did. Uh, it he, he was a lot of fun to have on, on the episode, and like you said, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Transformers. Um, G-Man, I, I even though I don't have the first volume, I started reading the second volume, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm so happy that someone's out there doing those types of stories and everything else, so... Um, and when it comes to Ben Folds, I will say I saw you post about that on Facebook that you had that coming up, and I got the biggest smile on my face because I was like, "Oh my God!" Like John just went to Nirvana right there. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a big one, gang. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, 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 like I said, I will probably weep openly, and I am man enough to admit it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and then we did uh, uh, the Star Joe's Christmas special, which uh, uh, unfortunately came down to John and I, man in the helm for that one. But that was a fun episode to talk about just different specials and movies and everything else. When when we think of Christmas here, you know, these are the things that we will watch and things that we remember from our past that we watched. And I know there was a lot of people that actually reached out after that episode or made comments after about that episode of things that they remembered. And I even had a few people go, I have no idea what you were talking about with a couple of those things, like how <laughs> the really obscure ones. Uh, but uh, And I was actually surprised how many people had never heard of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Because um, there was a few people that told me they had not ever heard of that. And I was like, wow, like that that cut me deep. the the only thing i the only thing i did not recall from that and this is uh getting a little bigger picture but you know we talked about kwanzaa and and hanukkah and some other the other winter holidays i forgot eight crazy nights oh yeah i I forgot forgot that that was out there i know i've seen it i'm very i'm more familiar with the uh song but uh 
Yeah. yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, uh, have listened to that a few times. Gone back, I, I need to go back and watch those Henson videos that we have to see if they have everything in them. Because yeah. you talked about some of the things that were cut out, yeah. based on you know if there were video or DVD, or, or I guess the VHS time, yeah. DVD or you know who had the rights when kind of thing. I need to go back and watch some of those to see. Which versions we have. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, to bring everything back full circle from where we started this episode, uh, the last episode we did of the year was the Rogue One movie review, uh, which I think we dissected that movie to the nth degree and had a blast <laughs> doing it. So <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we, we approached it from every single angle uh, possible, so... Um, Robert, you weren't here for the beginning of the episode, but kind of tied into uh, Star Wars and everything. Do you have any speculations on what you think The Last Jedi means or what it could mean? Um, man, I don't know. I think it's it seems like really bold and definitive, and I don't think it's going to be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it makes it sound as if uh, you know, who who knows? Like you could speculate all day long. Like sure, with, you know, with the pictures you see is kind of like what Luke back to back with Ray, and they both have lightsabers, right? Right. And um, so I mean, like, yeah, he's going to train her, uh, but maybe he doesn't get through her training be- before he dies, which would which would mirror like Obi Wan, you know, with uh, with Luke, right? And so maybe he dies, and so he was the last Jedi uh, before. You know, and she, if she doesn't have a master to finish her training, maybe she never becomes one. Right. But uh, that sounds too definitive to me. Like, yeah. too, like, that. that's it. You know, that's the yeah. end of them. You know, I don't think that's going to be the case. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say, like, how cut and dry that's going to be. Right. Uh, well, and like I, I said at the beginning of the episode, and, and just to clarify it a bit, like, one of the things I said is it could even be a line in the movie, much like Rogue One was a line in the movie. Um, the, yeah. That it could be Snoke saying we need to do every step to make sure that these are the last Jedi. You know, like, it, right, it could right. be steps that are being taken to make sure that Luke and Ray do not survive much longer. Um, but also at the same time, I did mention at the beginning of the episode that this is the second act and the second act typically the darker act. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect it to end on a cliffhanger. I would expect it to, you know, it's going to have a a major resolution into the third movie because it's going to be the last episodic kind of a film. You know what I mean? So it's going to, um, it's going to set up a lot. So I don't know how much, you know, but which, which can be awesome, you know, because it's, it's, um, you know, but sometimes in trilogies, the the second, the, the middle movie feels like filler because it's kind of the second act that sets up the big end. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the few exceptions to that is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, because it does, because it is paced so well, and it obviously leaves you on such a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's just if all you're going on is a title, it's so hard to. I mean, it's all speculation at this oh, yeah. point. So. Um, but it's still interesting. I'm glad that you know there's such a cool focus, and I really hope that we see a lot of Luke and a lot of him. 
um, you know, training Ray. Like I just, I'm really excited about that sequence, him being the Yoda and the Obi-Wan to a new generation. Yeah. I've, I've only like, you've read it in some comics or read it in novels where like the new Jedi order, um, I want to see it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I really want to see it on the big screen. I want to see that montage of her training. Like that sounds so cool. I'm going to love that, that part. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, that wrapped up the year. Now I, I will say with the 2017 looking at 2016 and, and what we'd like to do in 2017, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. We, we need to make sure that we are doing some more animated episodes because we, yeah. we did one last year. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's horrible. Yeah, we got to do more. Um, we'll do probably at least one or two more uh, declassified episodes. Uh, I know we want to do one on Shannon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, when we do it, when we do that, we should have Brian on too. Oh yeah, because he's, Shannon, just work, he's worked with. That's him already so been long. requested. That's been requested. <laughs> yes. So uh, Brian's got insight that you know just be working with him you know yeah. for so long it's like he's got stories so. absolutely um, <laughs> we will probably like I said either finish or come close to finishing the movies of 1980 uh, and then once we're kind of done with that I have a whole nother thing that we could probably go through the decades with and I know I mentioned it to you guys before uh, so stay tuned for for that um, and uh yeah, who knows what else will pop up. Obviously, Baltimore will be a big episode. Um, it's, 2017 should be just a continuation of the fun stuff we did in 2016. Um, there might be some new things that pop up here and there uh, when the mood strikes us. But <laughs> Yeah. But. Yeah, there'll be, you know, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, on the animation front, you know, what comes down the pipeline as far as Star Joe's related material. Yeah. We've got... The new uh, Voltron, which just came out recently, yep. uh, the second season. Um, but I'm curious what other, you know, what else is going to get a relaunch? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anything's slated for 2017, but just even talk of stuff coming up. Like, is there going to be a new He-Man series, a new G.I. Joe series, a new, you know, just whatever? I've been hearing rumors um, of another Thundercats cartoon. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, because it was, we, we had that other one in 2011. Yeah. Um, that only had one season, but that wasn't because of the the show. That was because of toys right. and other factors, you know. That uh, so I'm like, is it going to be the same creative team? Yeah. Is it going to be like something where a third party picks it up, like Netflix? Yeah. You know, uh, they just have so much. Yeah, I'm just excited yeah. about uh, what 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 possibly could, or like some of the DC animated you know movies and, yeah. and and stuff that could come out this year yeah i'm very uh, curious about the dc animated stuff because uh there's still so many awesome stories that they could do and directions they could go and i'm still enjoying those uh you know some more than others of course but um, yeah but they've still been putting out quality stuff um, i think they've come out with enough so, i mean we, we had that huge dc animated episode yes. it's like two years ago or whatever, yeah. however long ago it was and we could pick up wherever whatever was the last yeah film we We've had enough sense that we could do yeah, another episode on for that. For sure. Well, and when we, sh you know, when we should do that, uh, I don't know if it's coming out this year though. But we should, if it does, that's when we should do it. Is uh, Netflix picked up uh, Young Justice season three? Oh, so, okay, that was definitely another thing I was excited about. Yes. So that's that got picked up. Uh, that's what I love about Netflix is they're like they they know what the public. Yeah 
feels jipped out on. Like I would, I would bet that they pick up the yeah. uh, the, the Thundercats one because oh, yeah. like shows that get canceled, like they just have, they can tell what has like a cult following yeah. or an interest, and they're willing to invest in it. Yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, you thought that show's gone? Nope. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so excited that that's coming back out. Yeah, and they put out some good quality stuff, and the they so do. I've seen the first season of Voltron. I have not started watching the second season <sighs> yet, but the first season you know, was I, really I, good. I, I I think that they just um, that they were uh, in full production because there was I think ten episodes of the first season and maybe eleven or twelve in the second season. Mm-hmm. I think that they did all of them at once, or that they never stopped. Yeah, like they just started as soon as they had maybe anywhere from thirteen to eighteen of them done. Then they put season one out and finished up the remaining few because there's no way that in a year. Like, season one ended, and they're like, let's see how this does. Like, oh, that did well. Let's go and start on season two. Right. You know, there's no way in that time period. Yep. Um, and then also, it just picks up so seamlessly. Yeah. That just the writing, the character arcs, like, that had to have been planned out as, like, one, maybe, like, 20-episode season. Yeah. But then they just split it in half. Yeah. And, uh the the only oh, negative I so I have from season one and and I've heard season two is even better than season one. It is better, yeah. Um, but the my only complaint with season one was Karan. I just thought he was too much of a bumbling moron. Um, <laughs> See, I think partly because I watch it with my ten year old son. Yeah. Uh, which that he completely appeals to that age. Um, I think it's hilarious, yeah. and I actually really enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. Because like. You know, they take some liberties with the story. We can get into this when we do the Voltron episode, but sure. just in general, um, I so in general I like him, but also because I know that voice actor from Flight of the Concords, and he cracks me up anyway. Yeah, and so I, I, I think I'm too. Me. I think I'm too focused on the the Koran from. Uh, Oh yeah, the original. He's so, serious. He's so yeah. serious, and he's the advisor. And this one's like so not an advisor. <laughs> At least not an advisor you'd <laughs> oh, want to listen God. to. <laughs> there is, I mean, but he just he provides those laugh out loud moments for me. Yeah. Um, which I think at because there was nothing funny about the original. No. You know what I mean? It was just a total tone, and so it's like if you're familiar with. The core, you know, Avatar and Legend of Korra. The fact that this is the same producer and the same key animator transferred just over to this show, it has that same uh, combination of action, drama, and humor. Yeah. That to me is just a really great mix. And you need that Koran type character because you can tell in the, in the Avatar The Last Airbender, there was Sokka and the Lin. And then in this one, it's like, it's a combination between Hunk, Lance, and Koran. Yeah. They're just kind of silly. Yeah. But they offset, like, how serious Keith and Shiro Everything and else is, you know, other characters are. Because if you didn't have that comic relief, it would just be, it would take itself way too seriously. <laughs> and that would that would almost be a joke. You're yeah. like, oh, geez, get over yourself. Yeah. It's just too melodramatic otherwise. But. Well, and going to... Anyway, we get... Going into what, uh, you know, saying that Netflix, you know, picks up these things, like the first example of it for me was uh, when the Clone Wars ended because Disney took over and everything else, they didn't release, they still had more episodes of the Clone Wars that were created but never released. Well, Netflix was like, well, we'll show those episodes, and that's how you saw those episodes. Now, they've been released on DVD since then, but I really wonder if... 
those episodes weren't released on Netflix if we would have got the Star Wars Rebels show because some of the things that happened in those last episodes of Star Wars Clone Wars have played a huge factor in the Rebels show um, with Ahsoka and everything else. So It just amazes me um, what Netflix is becoming. Yes. Because it's just... We can even just do an episode on net or an, on Netflix because it's just it's so changing uh, the status quo of one how things are viewed, but then also like how things can get produced. How, you know, stuff you that would not stuff. work. Yeah, well, yeah, not to. I mean, that alone is its own huge evolution, but also just like stuff that would never fly. Uh, you know, obviously networks cancel shows left and right, right. Um, but then they go on Netflix and they're hugely successful. Yeah. Well, and, and, I'm just and like, we yeah, talked about know. the Marvel stuff earlier. Um, look at what Marvel's done with Netflix with the TV series. Like, I don't know if you've watched any of them, but the Daredevil was a, both seasons have been amazing. They're going to do a Punisher now because of how successful the Daredevil season two was. Luke Cage was amazing. You're talking about how they'll take risks where no one else is taking the risk. I think doing a whole season of Jessica Jones was a huge risk. And in my opinion, paid off amazingly um, because I think yeah. it was done so well. And it was a different type of show than the Daredevil and the Luke Cage ones were because it was more psychological. It wasn't all action driven. Um, and I'm looking forward to the Defenders show and the Iron Fist and Punisher. And there, there's rumors of like possibly them doing a, a Ghost Rider this way and. Um, right. I, I just think it's awesome that they're like, all right, well, there's these other Marvel characters that we can't really see doing a movie, but they fit better as a TV series. Um, so, I mean, Daredevil is a perfect example of that. It's like great to be able to see this attorney and superhero, and it's street level and it's gritty and real. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if you could be able to encapsulate all that into a movie. Obviously, they tried it and it didn't do very well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but like, yeah, Netflix really takes some good risks and uh, they get a lot of studios backing them now um, to help them put out something really good that maybe you wouldn't find someplace else. So, yeah. All right. Um, I think that is everything. John, did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, bring up or talk about from the past year? No, I. It- it was a, uh, it was quite an eventful year, and I'm looking forward to uh, to what the next uh, several months hold for us. Okay, awesome. So uh, before we close, uh, just like I announced in the past episode, uh, I have the Star Wars trivia questions for this episode. Uh, so once again, uh, right. I will I will ask the question. I will give you both a chance to answer if. If you cannot answer, if it's just completely, if you feel it's completely impossible, I do have multiple choice, although I think the multiple choice give it away. That's why you won't get it initially. (laughs) So, um, related to the original trilogy, this is your first question. Who played Boba Fett? The actor who played Boba Fett. Well, Jeremy Bullock played him in the movies. Okay. And Robert, what's your answer? Uh, I couldn't think of the name until he said that, but the, so that's the only name that's yep. familiar to me. And that is the answer, Jeremy Bullock. 
So they basically said who played who, who played Boba Fett, and I'm like, well, this must be original trilogy because they're saying Jeremy Bullock's the answer, and that's not yeah. who played him in the <laughs> prequels. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So here's the the second question: uh, What did the Emperor want according to Obi Wan Kenobi? Hmm. And if I give you multiple uh, choices, totally. What did the Emperor away. want? Yeah, what did the Emperor want? Like as he as he explains it to Luke, you mean? Obi Wan, yeah, basically Obi Wan Kenobi explains that this is what the Emperor wants. He's he's talking to Luke. Twinkies, uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's the um. What well, I think it's to is it when he's talking to him on Dagobah, like when yep. he's talking about if he should he shouldn't face uh, Vader yet because. Uh, that the that the emperor wants to turn him, I think, to use him as a yep. That's that's basically as a weapon, or that's basically it. It's that he wants Luke Skywalker and his abilities. Uh, cause, right. Because okay, if yeah. you remember, Obi Wan says to him, he's like, uh, "You can't leave now." Uh, and he says, and Yoda's like, "Yes, listen, listen to Obi Wan. You you, know, you will." And and he's yeah. like, uh, he's like, "The emperor wants you and your abilities. That's why your friends are being made to suffer." Because remember, Luke got the premonition right. that his friends were going to suffer. So, so those are the two trivia questions uh, from this episode, and I have a whole stack ah. of them for future episodes. So. <laughs> oh man, man, you got me! You got me like excited for trivia. I do more. <laughs> two is not enough. I'll, I'll give you two so more. I'll, I'll give you two more if you want them. But I will tell you, these this next one's actually pretty tough. So, oh man. <laughs> Uh, so okay, yeah, give me one more. So I'll give you one more. Tough. This one I will give you the multiple choice because I don't know how you'll get it without it. So, okay. <laughs> which actor portrayed Lobot? <laughs> I mean, I can picture him. I don't know his name. Like, I don't, yeah. See, I, I don't get it. I'm not. I'm not that good at like the auxiliary. Joe character. Blow. <laughs> so here's here's the choices. There's four multiple choice. Okay. A Julian Glover. B. Michael Sheard. C. John Hollis. D. Milton Johns. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna, go with, of course. I'm going to go with the John Hollis. Okay. John, do you have a guess? Uh, well, it's not Brian Shearer's dad, so. Uh... <laughs> Milton. Good old Milton. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Robert's Choice. And you would, yeah, there was a sound fake for whatever reason. You would both be right. It is John Hollis. So, <laughs> hey, Robert, so there you go. I'm so, I'm so good at guessing trivia. It's crazy. Now, <laughs> here is here's just because every card has two questions. I will give you the other question as well. Uh, okay. Who arrived just before Han Solo at Cloud City, leaving Lando Calrissian no choice but to betray his old friends? Ah. <laughs> That's, that was the easy one. I know. <laughs> All right, so that's that's Vader. Okay. Or Boba Fett. Dang. Hmm. Well, I can tell you their answer, but I I like your answer better. <laughs> so their answer uh, is the Empire. Uh, oh. But I think well, the yeah. Empire is not an answer. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a philosophical idea. I think Darth Vader is a much <laughs> better answer. So, yeah. the Empire is not a person right. or 
right. thing as a concept. The only thing I think... Well, I guess, I mean, it, it wasn't just Vader, because there was, like, There was Stormtroopers, troopers, there was you know, Boba Fett yeah, there. Sir. Yeah, there was more than just Vader. But I think Vader is the reason that Lando Calrissian felt there was Vader's no choice. Vader's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was the influence that made him make that decision. If it was just Stormtroopers, or if it was whatever, you know, he might have found a way around it. But right. you're not going to say no to Vader. No. Nope. So... so. All right, cool. guys. Uh, well, uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you, what you have coming up, and uh, whatever else you want to tell them about. Okay. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, let's see. So you can find me just on Robert Atkins on Facebook, or Robert Atkins Art is a group page that I've posted up a lot of my artwork in the various albums. So you, it's easy to kind of peruse and look through stuff I've worked on. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Robert Atkins Art. Uh, I'm in the middle of a whole slew of IDW-related covers and stories, uh, which has been a lot of fun. So Simon Goff, the colorist I've worked with a lot over the years, who worked with me on the, the old Snake Eyes series, um, he's doing a lot of these covers with me and hopefully a lot of the interiors once we get going. Um, he posted up a little snippet of the cover that we that we're working on at the moment, of uh, Roadblock uh, on Facebook. So you can go to Robert Atkins or Simon Goff, G-O-U-G-H, uh, on Facebook to check that out. Um, so that's keeping me pretty busy as far as day job goes. Um, I'm doing a couple of short stories uh, that are like backups and like the Mask Annual that's coming out and and a few other uh, revolutionaries. Um, kind of they're doing short stories in the back, like origin type stories. Nice. And then... And then I'll be working on a five-issue miniseries. Um, I'm pretty sure this is still the plan. I haven't got the script yet, so we'll see. But because that could always change, that'll be coming out this next year from IDW, and I'll be starting on that within the next month. And that, so that'll be like a regular. And it is GI Joe related, I can say that, but uh, I can't talk about the specifics yet. Okay. Uh, but as soon as that's announced, and we can kind of chat about what that story is going to be about. Um, yeah. So that's that's about it for me. Nice. Uh, John, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me Facebook, John Thurmond. Twitter, John underscore Thurmond. That's J-O-N. Uh, Virginia Comic Con. Uh, going through some changes with the convention over this year. Uh, we are moving our one-day shows are going to be called the Richmond Con, which is the, f- the first one will be uh, Saturday, February 18th. And the actual Virginia Comic Con, the two-day show, is going to be in July, and it's going to be the uh, 8th and 9th. Uh, we're moving to a new space for the one-day shows to what's called the Torque Club <laughs> at the Richmond International Raceway, which is the, the going what? to be what club? The, the Torque Club. It's basically <laughs> in the press box area at the racetrack. It's 15,000 square feet. And it's super cool, wow! Uh, but it's way different, and that's going to be the, the for the one-day shows. And the two-day show is actually going to be at Virginia Commonwealth University in the student commons section of the of the school. And, of course, being in the summer, no students are around. So, uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I, I'm excited about it. Uh, don't have any guests announced yet for any of the shows. Uh, I'm sure that the uh, July show will have folks for sure. But, uh, if you're interested in t- tickets, that's uh, vcomicon.com. Nice, nice. 
Well, uh, before I get into the information for the, the show here, I also want to remind everyone that we have a contest going on, which uh, if you listened to the ap- last episode, you know what that contest is. And I can tell you that uh, so far we have barely had any entries for it. Uh, so if you submit an entry for it, you have a really high chance of winning right now. Um, <laughs> we've had one international person submit an entry, and we've had one U.S. person submit an entry. So, so far, those are our two winners. Um, and, and help me remember, Ryan, I, if, I, if I recall correctly, the, the prize, if you're the U.S. winner, is the uh, uh, DVD of, what is it, Rebels? Yes. And then uh, International is a, is a set of comics for Revolution? Yes. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, so I'm going so to go over the, the, uh, the prizes real quick, and I'm going to go over the contest, uh, because it's not a hard contest. <laughs> so, so the prizes, as you mentioned, John, is for the U.S. winner. It is a, uh, Rebels Season 2 Blu-ray. Uh, so that's definitely high value, so you definitely want to have that. And I can tell you Season 2 was phenomenal. Um, and, uh, for the international winner, it is going to be, uh, the entire revolution series. I was able to go out and make sure I had every tie in issue and everything. So you would get all of the main series of revolution plus all the tie in issues. So you got like ROM revolution, mask revolution, all that, Plus the first issue of G.I. Joe and the first issue of Mask. So G.I. Joe number one and Mask number one that take place right after Revolution will be in that as well. So two really good prizes. And definitely, you know, you're talking like 30 some dollar range price prizes. Um, and I'm shipping them out to you for free. You're going to get them for free. Why would you not enter the contest? So all you have to do for the contest is go to the Star Joe's YouTube channel. And it's very easy. Go to YouTube, type in Star Joe's, you will see the Star Joe's channel, you will see my cartoon face as the avatar (laughs) for it. Um, Click on it, and it'll take you right to the page, and all the videos are there. And all you have to do is email starjoespodcast at gmail.com, list every comic review, comic that I did a review for and what the rating was for that review. So uh, I will give you an example is that I reviewed Revolution number one. <laughs> so that would be one of the ones you want to mention in your email and then you watch the episode and it will tell you I tell you in the episode what I rated it as. So um, you do that for any comic issues that have been reviewed Email it to the show. I will respond back to you, letting you know that I have received your entry. And I will tell you that I am extending the contest just slightly. I said you had till the end of January, but obviously we're recording near the end of January, so I want to give people enough time. Um, So I will accept entries up until February 5th, which is a Sunday. So that's a... When this episode goes out, it should give you just a little over a week uh, to listen to this episode and to go view those videos and submit your entry. So 
Um, I think it's well worth it. Like I mentioned in the past, in the past we haven't always mentioned what you're getting as your prize. Uh, this time I thought, well, maybe to get more people enticed into doing it, I would tell you guys what the prize is, and evidently that backfired on me. So, <laughs> but there will both be an international winner and a U.S. winner. So, um, so please go check out the videos and send an email. That's all you have to do is send an email with what you saw in the videos. I can't make it a whole lot easier. So, um, cool. with that, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at uh, on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. We've been actually been adding a lot of people to the group page lately, which has been awesome. We're over 200 people on the group page right now, uh, and it's growing. Uh, I think in the last week, we've added about 10 to 12 people which is awesome. Uh, I'd love to keep growing like that. Um, you can just like the fan page. You could request to be added to the group page, and as soon as I get your request, I will approve it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast, and I can tell you with Twitter, you will get updates about just about everything that is going on with Star Joe's because the Facebook page feeds into that as well as the Instagram and I've been busy on Instagram posting comic reviews of stuff that I'm reading and it also Instagram updates you on uh, when new episodes come out as well um, and then on the uh, Facebook pages both the fan page and the group page another thing I've been doing every day which seems to be a fan favorite is I am posting uh, a Star Joe's related comic cover every day as well as an ammo dump cover comic cover every day so the star joe's comic cover every day is a comic cover of anything related to the show and the ammo dump comic cover of the day is something else outside of the show but it's a cover from the 1980s so it's still related to the show because it takes place that issue took place in the 80s um, so that's been fun, and every week I update everyone about what comics are coming out. So, uh, just it gives you more reasons to join those group pages and everything else, is because you're getting good information all the time and some fun stuff to look at. Um, you can also call and leave us a voicemail. It's four four zero nine four one Joe's four four zero nine four one J O E S. Please call, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air and we'll respond to it. Have not had a voicemail in a while. And uh, I think that's about everything. We're on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices. We're also on the Podbean app, which is also a free app for your mobile devices. And you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. Uh, I believe that is everything. So I don't care which one of you guys want to help me close, but <laughs> we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because no one else is half the battle. Take care, guys. <laughs> Action figures each sold separately. I'm Lando. Who's there? Han Solo on a mission with a rebel soldier. What's your mission? We're fighting the Empire. And we need your help. Han Solo, rebel soldier, Lando Calrissian, and Vespin Guard each sold separately from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection. New from Kenner.